Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the greatest show on Tuesday nights. It's the virtual talk show for married men. We come to you every Tuesday night bringing you all the topics that you you don't get to talk about at the barbershop or in the clubs. Or even when you got that little drinky drink in your hand and you just want to tell it all. That's right. We're here to talk about the real stories about men and, and, and how they really feel about their family and themselves. And guess what? You don't need a couple of shots to get in this conversation. You can be as sober as you want to be and still act like, feel like a man after you leave here tonight. Guess what? Also, this show is no different because this is our 200th episode. Woohoo! Yeah! Wow! Five years, 200 shows of the greatest show on Tuesday night, the Bicentennial Show. That's right. That's this. Our topic tonight, fellas, is there a thin line between love and hate. I hope everybody understands that song that y'all heard. Could y'all hear it real good? Yeah, yeah. All right. If you don't know who that is, then, hey, that means, you, you know, you might need to go and check your, your history. You might need to go check your history. That's the Persuaders right there, one of the greatest songs ever made. Um, but as always, we got a few rules, fellas. No cursing. Respect each other's thoughts. Um, and it's okay to agree to disagree on somebody's words. So we're not here. We're here to help each other out. We're here to help each other out. So let's 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 get started. But wait a minute, before we get started, do you know we have a website? You can always go to our website, listen to any call, past calls that you want to. You go to www.householdstress.com, um, and then you can go. There's a link where you can look at our background, our history for that bicentennial. You can find out all about us and listen to all the calls. All you have to do is click on the link, put your iPod on, and keep it moving. Also, on Mondays now, between the times of 10 and 1 a, uh, p.m., 10 a.m. to 1 p.m., we're on Internet radio. That's right. They put our shows on the radio now. We're, we're hit now. We're on Internet radio, and all you have to do is go to uh, listenvision.com, and um, you can hear those calls 
I'm guarantee you, boy, we hitting them. We hitting them. Three, four hundred people are listening to these calls now. That's right. That's what I said. And not only here, but across the world. We got the charts. We know what's going on. Our topic tonight again, is there a thin line between love and hate? Let's go ahead and get started. Why do we, we the people, hate so much? Because it's easier than to, to hate than to love. It's simple. Is it? Is it? <laughs> I think Is so. it I easier think, to hate? I think so. I think it takes less energy to hate than to love. I mean, look at, you know, this, this brother just talked about the bicentennial, you know, the 200th episode. And look how many people hate on the household stress, you know, the married men on talk show. Nah, man, nah, nah. I don't agree with that, no. Okay. I think hate is a very strong word, and it takes a lot of effort to hate anything. I think that it takes a lot to hate. That's just like like, um, being mad at someone. It takes energy to be mad at somebody. Uh Uh-oh. You know know, just being mad at someone? I'm just saying you see somebody, you know, it takes... that you know, it takes a little energy not to speak to You know, and I think as far as the, the talk show, I don't think people hating on this show. They just, they got other issues that they they prioritize differently. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anybody else? Anybody else want to jive in on that? Well, listen. So, I'm going to ask everybody this. I need everybody to be honest. What do you hate right now in your life? Because just like you said, you know, there's a difference. So I went to the dictionary, and the dictionary defines hate as to dislike intensely or passionately, feel extreme uh, aversion for or extreme hostility towards the test. I want y'all to remember that word intensely, dislike intensely and passionately, because I believe, Tony, you just said that, you know, you could dislike something and, and you don't think it's hate. But the definition of hate now is saying, you know, you, you had a dislike, but you have an intense yeah. dislike for something. So now that's when hatred comes in. Yes. Because you could dislike a football team. I just like the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Doesn't everybody? <laughs> right? So, you know, what do I feel right now in my life with this like? I just like that, you know, Lovey Smith didn't get picked up as a coach. Why? I'm passionate about good coaches. Maybe I'm passionate about African-American coaches. But the thing is, is I have some type of dislike. Is it a test dislike? No. But... Hate and hatred, because hatred also goes under that word hate. And that's that extreme hostility towards a race, hostility towards a political view, hostility hostility, uh, versus a team or anything, or your wife, or your own spouse, or an ex-spouse. Why is hate even a word? The opposite of love, you know, what we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have to have the, the opposite. 
But when do we learn learn this word hate? Because I tell my kids all the time, never use that word. Why? Why? Because they shouldn't dislike intensely. If you don't like greens, say, you know, I I don't care for greens or, you know, this particular type of green. But don't say you don't hate it. Because a lot of people will say they don't hate, they'll hate something based on somebody else's views, and, and they haven't even tasted it before. They, they hate it based on sight. But isn't, isn't, aren't there things that you should hate? I mean, the Bible talks be. about hate. Yeah, it does. I, I didn't mean to go there that quick. That early, you I'm, went just there? Saying, I'm just saying, you got to love one and hate the other. Wow, he did go there. I just well, took it there. Yeah, and you know, you, you did. Know. Oh, go ahead. But I, no, go ahead, because I, I was all I was going to say is, did he actually use the word hate? Yes. Because I don't remember or recall seeing the word hate. Yes. 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 We can look at. I think it's Matthew. Uh, I don't know, twenty verse one or. Verse twenty one, something I don't know, but mm-hmm. definitely in Matthew twenty something. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, six and Matthew six and twenty four. Matthew six and twenty four. Yeah, yeah, no one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. Yeah. Well, there you go. So why would he hate the one and love the other? See, I knew you was gonna go there early, but since you went there. I didn't know I, was, I actually didn't about. know I was going early. <laughs> <laughs> I had it in my little thing, but you know, but since you went there, let's talk about it. Can you read that again? Oh, Thank sure. You. Yeah, I said I know it can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. He'd be devoted to the one and despise the other. So it's prejudice. Are we prejudiced? Sure. I don't know. As a man, I, are we prejudiced? Everybody's prejudiced. Everybody has some of it in it. Exactly. To a certain degree. To a certain degree. And I think that people who want to deny their prejudices or their biases are just... I don't deal with them because you're not being honest with yourself. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Why do you say that, brother? What's, what's the wow in that? That's the truth. You don't have any prejudices. You trying to say that you don't have any prejudices or biases? I, I have plenty of them. Exactly. Yeah. So you prove my point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that I think that when you're talking about a thin line, I think that there are some things that are worthy. Of, and even though hate is such a harsh word, there are some things that are worthy of the word hate. I think racism for me would be at the top of my list. So you hate racism? Mm-hmm. Hmm. You hate racism? I don't want any part of it. Not the history of it, not the future of it, not the present of it. No part of it. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, it is. Yeah, what's interesting about it? I mean, so to say that you hate racism... Uh, I, I mean, this is another call on its own. So, you hate all forms of racism. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, you hate it. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah, black on black, white on white. If I see a white person call another person a, red, a redneck, it makes my skin. Mm. I mean, it is what it is. I hear you, brother. I hear you. I mean, it's just, it's just. I just think that you know that. Well, I'm not. We, we I'm not going to take over the conversation with that. I'm just saying that's something that I believe that is worthy of that word. If you would have a list of things that might be worthy. Hey, Tom, check your phone. I think you got an echo. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, I had to take my date from last week, man. My wife held me to it. <laughs> Welcome back, brother. So, actually, my date night includes a night club, but she got the flu. I'm saying, Uh-oh. wait, her. <laughs> well, hey, that, that 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 might be what you you have a problem. Um, you hate the flu? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I came in. Somebody was talking about uh, Matthew six and twenty four. I, yeah, I just talked about reading the verse, so I'm, I apologize. But what were you talking about? Is, is it related to love hate topic? Yes. Yes. Okay. Oh, that no man can serve two masters. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. You got it, brother. You got it. Okay. That's interesting, though. That's interesting. But how many of us serve two masters? Well, yeah, I mean, the definition of master, because master basically, well. Well, you got the master one, which is the universe, the world views. You know, everybody, let's get rich. You know, get rich, let's die trying. You know, um, the world laws. And then you have your master. You have you have God. Yeah. But it's, it's oh, man, it, once you um. You got God of the Bible, and then you have these other setups, but they all can really, I think, be seen as, you know, princes or, you know, lower-level things. They all lead up. Like, people worship money, but money is not the end-all, be-all. People worship power instead of money, but that's not the the God of it. I mean, you only have, I think, really only have two masters. You have God, and you have the enemy. You have Satan. That's it. So you don't want love one and hate the other. It's not prejudice, I don't think, but it's what mathematicians might call mutually exclusive. You can't take in one and the other. One's got to go because they hate each other. And God said he hates it. God said that in his word, he said that, you know, I'm the Lord. I think it was uh, Isaiah 40. I'm sorry, Isaiah 45. I'm the Lord that God you know, besides me, there's no other. No other. No other gods besides me. So you only have one option, either for or against. Yeah, yeah, you only have one option, for or against. And you're right. You're right. So I want to uh, I want to get into some of the effects of everyday men where hate may be an a, a issue. Um, now, I just want you to complete the sentence. I hate my job. <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> I love my Are job. Are you working somewhere that you dislike working, but you're just doing it for money purposes? No, I, I don't. Have hate. you done that before? Oh yeah, I've done it before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how did it affect you, though? 
Did it affect your home, your marriage, or anything? Yeah, it affected me. It affected me tremendously. It affected my home, my marriage. Uh, yeah, I was I was a different person when I was working at this job that I hated. Did your marriage survive that, brother? Yeah, it did. Yeah, that's good. But you had some in- intense situations, some that intense dislike when you got home because now you have an attitude when you come in the house. Oh you don't yeah, feel like being bothered. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I came. I came home every day in like the worst mood ever. <laughs> what time ever. did you get home? Uh, on a good night, eight o'clock. On a good night, usually about eight forty, and get right back up at three in the morning. <laughs> wow! So when mm-hmm. when were you spending the, the the QT time with the wife? There was none on the weekend. But on the weekend, I'm sure you wanted to rest. You know, just kind of. Of course, of course, and of course, she wanted to be, you know, <laughs> go here, go there, on the sites of, of DC and Waldorf and everything. <laughs> oh yeah. man! So, so bringing hatred into your home can affect it in, in, in multiple ways just by having the, the incorrect job. Oh yeah, absolutely. Tone, you got anything? Was there any jobs that? You dislike mm-hmm. that affected your home? Oh yeah, for years. <laughs> <laughs> for years, half my it. life. Yeah. Well, how does that happen? Why would you? I just gotta get this on record, man. Why would Why would you stay at a job that you dislike? Because of the money. Mm. But we just options, read options and money. Like if you say, okay, I make X amount of dollars at this job. And the bad part about it is I'm always there. That's the bad part about the job, is you're always there. Not anything else, just that time is, is is horrible. But the money's great, okay? And you say, yeah, I may go get another job where the time is better, but I ain't going to make the same money. Right. But you just, you're just the one that brought it up, Matthew six twenty four. Yeah. But you know about Matthew six twenty four, but you still did it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's not, I mean, it, it's... I don't think it's the love of money. I just think it's the lifestyle that we've been surrounded ourselves with, the, the, the lifestyle that we have built. Now it has a certain dollar amount to it that you need to keep it up. Yeah. I, I know for me, the job that I took, I hated. It wasn't for money at all. It was for the security, job security. It was my first job with the government. So I knew I had to go on and make do just so I'd have that job security. Right. So, so did you know, like, when you took that position? Um, that God was going to bless me with another one? Yeah, I mean, like, did you when you took that job, when you get home at 8 uh, in the evenings um, and getting up at 3 8, like, did you think that was going to be the job that you were going to have for the rest of you know your life, or I mean, did you did you always look at it as a as a temporary thing? Yeah, I always look at everything as temporary uh, because I always know you know how you know especially in, in that situation, I didn't know how God was gonna move. I didn't know when God was gonna move, but you know I was just gonna be faithful and hang in there. 
And how long how long were you in um in that position, you know, in that job? How long did it take? Approximately one year and one day. Approximately wow. <laughs> wow. Hmm. One, one year, year and one, one day. The commute sucked, the people were terrible, the management was terrible. I mean there was not one positive there. Except for the training. They trained me. And they and they made sure I had all my certification so that I could advance. What do you do now, bro? Well, what I do now, I work for uh, the government. I work for Homeland Security, and I have a, a managerial position now. Would you say that any aspect of that first job that you hated, you were able to extract from that would prepare you for the one you're in now? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, just the training that I got from that first job, I got training that was very hard to get in the mm-hmm. government because they, I, you know, I don't know what it was, but just management just wanted to make sure everyone was trained. Call it call it crazy or whatever you want to call it. So I was very fortunate to get some training that was very hard to get that all, that just made my resume that much better. So, you know, I just... As soon as my training was done, like I, it's like a month after my training was done, it, you know I was starting at another job. So you were able to get the training out from that to carry on to Homeland Security. What about you know every organization has their uh, culture, politics? Were you able to learn anything in terms of the people, politics of working for the government in that first job that you were able to carry over to the second and third? Uh, the way that I've handled politics, and, and I've I've always handled it the same way, uh, I just always try to do my best and try to be honest and upfront with people and communicate, and uh, it'll work out. I mean, there are some very devious people in these offices that you have to deal with, and if you, I've learned that if you try to overexert yourself and try to think ahead of them and everything, you're not as effective as you could be. So I just focus on working the mission, mm-hmm. just getting that done and just making sure that everything that I'm doing is toward the work and the mission. Because at the end of the day, it's not my job. God gave me the job. So whatever whatever God says, and that's it, I, I leave that with him. God does the job for me. That's interesting. That's, that's the, the training you got, you said it was hard to come by, is it? You have to get into only a few positions that are offered, like the one you were in that you didn't like. Right. I mean, it was like the trade. It was the trade-off that I didn't see at the time. They just told me I was going to take this training. I didn't even know about it when I took the job. They just out the blue told me, and they had basically paid the school for all of their people. They paid all the instructors at this school to train all their people. And they just told us, you're going, you don't have a say-so in it. Mm. And so all of us in that office got that training. And I don't think anyone is still there. (laughs) They did that one year and then bowled out. Some some did a year, some did two. I don't know. But I think all of them rolled out. How was your marriage during that time? I mean... Uh, the marriage was good because we were newlyweds, but the job was definitely he just he just tearing me down. I was tired. Didn't want to. Didn't want to talk or didn't want to. I mean, the, spend the time talk, with the wife. 
the talk, all the incest in the office. I mean, people sleeping with people, wives coming up there, divorcing husbands every day. I mean, it was a crazy environment. Mm. He said incest. Yeah, he did say incest. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they caught that. He did say incest. I caught it. I, I heard it, but I didn't. I didn't put the definition. Wow. <laughs> I think we knew what he was talking about. But I mean, you said you were newlywed, and um, you know, what did you did you feel that your marriage would uh, go the same route? You know, did you did you feel that if you well, I guess. If you felt it was a temporary spot, but did you feel while the time that you were there temporarily, did you think that at some point your wife would come up to the job and divorce you? Um, I I don't know because first of all we didn't look at it as a temporary job. We just looked at it as it is it is the job. It was never looked at as temporary. Um, but. I, I, I didn't, so I, I wasn't worried about my wife coming up and divorcing me because of that. I mean, I was it was more of a risk of my wife divorcing me because I was never home. Mm. Wow. Not because I was dealing with all the women around there that was loose and screwing everybody. Yeah. I mean, this place, let me tell you how bad this place was. The The top manager there had cancer and he wanted to keep it a secret at his retirement now someone told me this at his retirement speech uh, his boss made a joke about his cancer what that's how bad it was they fired PowerPoint they would tell us come to a meeting and if you see your name on this PowerPoint briefing on this org chart you got a job you got promoted or you've been fired if you don't see your name that's the way to get people out of there. Oh yeah, they they were it was it was crazy. Who was, yeah, that was a bad management right there. Who was that? Had an answer somebody. <laughs> so is is that um is that is that place still in existence? Like I know the people left, I know you left, but is there still like people there? I think so. I, I think so. I don't know. I don't deal with them too. You know, I don't deal with them on that level. I don't talk to them or anything like that. So when you were going through that, um, you know, you were talking about some hate. You know, you hated the commute. You hated, you know, getting home late. Um, But was there any part of that where you loved? Any part of that job or that situation that you loved? The only thing that I loved about it was it was my first government job. So I knew that once I had a government job, that gave me more security versus being a contract. Gotcha. Gotcha. Even though it was tempting to go back to contracting. <laughs> Come on I, back out here. I can't tell you how tempting it was. Uh I just I just held on and just waited to see what would happen. That's good. That's Do you good. think you'd be the kind of manager you are today, bro, if you hadn't gone through that first job? Oh, absolutely. I, I think that that job and many others taught me exactly what not to do. <laughs> you know what? That's a good point, though. Do we have to go through some hate to understand how to go through uh, 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 some other type of testimony the next time? 
we'll know how to handle it better? Well, I would offer to you, yeah. Because I never thought of that. I mean, we always, you know, God always puts us through a test, and we always have a testimony afterwards, and then we know how to handle it the next time. But when it came to hatred, I guess that's, you, you put that in the same category, right, that, you know, you, you went through some hate. Because I always said my hate was, for me, was I said after the first time I saw prejudiceism in work, where I was a young guy, only black owner, a whole financial team. Um, right when I got out of school, out of college, my first job was at IBM. And um, a computer, a laptop became missing. And I'm in my office. I'm in my office doing my thing. And here's my manager coming here to ask me, have I seen this laptop? And I was like, no, I don't, don't know what you're talking about. And he said, well, the guy had left, and I know he was showing you, because he was sitting with me showing me what he was doing before he left. And so they thought I had the laptop. And I was like, no, I don't have a laptop. Never, you know, he's supposed to turn that in, ain't he, when he leaves. So then they came back again. I'm like, why does he keep coming back? So at this time, I'm always was on a defensive person. So I called the wife and said, if this man comes in here one more time, I'm getting ready to show off. And she had to calm me down because I was like, you know, this is this is not good. Why are they coming to me? Out of all these people in this office, why are they coming to me is is, is the thing that always went through my mind. Well, come to find out, my wife got pregnant, we ended up moving, so I ended up getting another job. I was already in the process of looking for another job. The day I was going to turn in my two weeks, I was called into the office. I didn't even know to the director's office, the executive director, and he calls in and he's um, saying, Patrice, you know, he wants to talk about this computer. I said, before you even ask me about my computer, here's my two weeks. I don't know anything about your computer. You need to go ask somebody else. And I walked out of his office. He didn't have anything to say because he was coming in there really to fire me because of over this computer. So I always said I would never go back to IBM. Well, eventually, I got a call just like you said, and mine was for top secret clearance. I didn't need it, but if they were going to offer and pay for it, I went back to IBM, and I told my wife, I said I would never go back to IBM. She says, well, you should never say never. And then three years after that, here we go again. Now they want to give it to a government person, so anything that went wrong, they would put it on my department. When my department was the only one that documents everything, but they were always thought on me, and that was the way to get me to say, "Well, we're going to give this to the to the uh, government group because um, that last year." Computer. Yeah, they found the computer. They called me and said it was in in the guy's drawer. That they, last, they never looked in his drawer. They called you. Well, uh, another guy called me oh. and said they found the computer. Oh, okay. It was in the guy's drawer. They never looked in the drawer. Out of all the places, all they had to do was look in his drawer. He left it in his drawer because the manager, I guess, was not there the day he left. So he just left it in the drawer. And I'm like, are they idiots or what? But that was my first presidency, and I always said I wouldn't go back to IBM, but I found myself going back to IBM, and three years later, 
I felt like the exact same thing was happening to me again. So I knew how to take better care of myself this time, how to document stuff, knowing where stuff is and everything. So when that time did come, they gave it to the government person. He had everything in the world. I just walked out the door and was happy about it and ended up starting my own business. But, you know, you had to go through that, that stress and drama, and I knew how to take it. But I still feel despised IBM for some reason. Like, that hatred never went away. Mm. It just stayed in the back of my mind for a while, and I put it to the side because now I got a top-secret clearance, and I got a, a, I'm managing this huge, you know, um, service center. And everything is going well, and I'm getting that learning experience. But I still despise going to work every day. Why is that? Because I was on 24 hours. You know, that phone was ringing 3 o'clock in the morning. I had to get it. In the middle of church, during the calls, I would be sitting here on Tuesday night working while I'm on the call. I was like, you know, I was always constantly working. It was a 24-7 job because I was not only overseeing the United States, but I was overseeing all the, the continents that had um, Department of Justice agents in there from any one of the agencies. But it led me to where I am now. So I know that God had a path for me. It was just I had to go through that hatred again to get what I wanted. So I understand what you went through there. It pisses you off. That's one of the reasons why I said, do you hate your job? Because I stayed at my job three years that I hated. But it gave me experience. I just didn't like going through some of this drama. You know, that's interesting, man, because I, I can't speak for everybody, but if you're talking to somebody who really has God directing their lives, the Bible says the steps of a good man are here. It never said the steps of a man to be one in front of the other or in a straight line, or A to B. They just order. And usually it's going to take you through some things that's going to challenge you and stress you, because if you get from A to B too soon, you can't handle it. Mm-hmm. You know? It's, um, you know, I was, I was talking, I was talking to you earlier, Rodney, but I yeah. used to think that um, when you read the story of Joseph, you know, his brothers hated him, threw him in the pit, they sold him, got in part of his house, and then Potiphar saw the guy and he put him in charge of the whole house. And then his wife said after she saw that. So after he developed, that was Bible in that story always talks about after some time, after the passage of time. It could have been months, it could have been a year, two years. But after time, it wasn't that he was physically attractive, it was his development as a man able to take care of the house that was attractive to her. She took notice of it. She, she liked it. Throw him in jail. But here's a man who stayed in jail for at least two years. Now, he's a Jew in an African jail, and basically he was the head snitch because the Bible says he was put in charge of everything. The warden put him in charge of everything. So after he closed up putting everybody in order, he closed the cell behind him and goes sit down. Not too many people would sign up for that kind of work. And you know he wasn't satisfied with it because when he told the story of the the uh, baker and the wine bearer, when he told the guy who was going to get his job back, he said, hey, don't forget about me, man. You get a chance, tell him about me. I got to get out of here. 
But he didn't know why he was there. So I put him there another two years because he wouldn't have been able to do what he had to do to bring Egypt out of the famine that was coming had he not learned how to maneuver and be in charge of an economy in jail. You don't see that stuff when you're in the midst of it. You can only appreciate it after that. Yeah, yeah. And I, um, just to follow up on that, um, I said earlier that I, I don't hate my job. Um, but I did, I guess, in years past, I hated my job for different reasons, and that was because I wasn't reaching my full potential. I was bored. I wasn't challenged. So, you know, literally it got to a point where I was just, you know, I was looking at other companies uh, because, I mean, I liked what I was doing, but I was over it. You know, it was just like, well, it didn't stimulate me anymore. Right. So it was just like, I, I can, I'm, 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 I'm so much more than, than, than what I'm doing. So I need to, to look elsewhere and, you know, it may have not got to the point of, of hate, but I, I really dislike the fact that I could come in and have all my work completed by 1030 for the day. And it's like, well, what am I going to do for the rest of the, you know, the rest of the day, you know, and, you know, some people would enjoy that, you know, say, hey, you got a, that's a lot of free time, brother, just to hang out and chit chat and pick up the phone and talk and, you know, run errands, but. I'm not like that, you know, I'm just like, I have a job to do, and I like to be challenged, you know, you got to give me, so you got to keep me busy, you know, because my mind is always, you know, racing, I'm always thinking about the next, the next move, or, you know, the, thinking of something, you know, I've, uh, I got honorable mention for my company for, you know, developing a, a, a program, um, I'm just always thinking about the next step and the next step, like how to improve, you know, where, you know, where we are and what we're doing. You know, I'm not just doing it, just going through the motions. And, but I mean, it, it, it got to a point where it may not have got to, you know, some days it was hate, but most days it was, it was intense dislike. <laughs> so I got, I, you, I got a challenge for everybody. Here's the next question. We already did. I hate my job. I hate my wife, or I hate my ex-wife. <laughs> I, I just recently stopped hating my ex-wife. Oh. Wow. Re- I guess that really does happen. <laughs> <laughs> right. Why did you hate her? Man, for what? what name the reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know it was some, you know, some differences. That's why y'all got divorced. But. First of all, she exists. Oh my God! <laughs> wow, that was number one. Now I say I don't now. I, you know, it took me a minute to get over that, but yeah, yeah, man. You know, you just hate all kinds of reasons, man. You know, I burnt nine years of my life. Um, <laughs> that was the biggest one to get over, you know. And I know people say, "Oh, well, you know, you learn." You know, that's yeah, right. The nine years is nine years, <laughs> and you know, if someone just would have been real. You know, just been like, you know, I ain't really feeling you. Maybe you could have saved some of them years, but, you know, it's all good, though. She got me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, nine years. Uh, she's just crazy, man. I mean, just, <laughs> I mean, she always she always put me down, always made me feel bad, tried to make me feel bad about being me. Uh, she's just a hateful, you know, I, I, you know, we can't cuss on this. So, <laughs> so I, I, you know, I really... 
really, you know, but I don't hate her now. Why not? Because I really just feel sorry for her. I, I, you know, learn to forgive. I forgive, and I hear she's gonna get married soon. And I am seriously praying for that brother. <laughs> you say you're looking for him. I'm praying for him. Are oh, you praying for him? Okay. Praying. I thought you said you were looking for him. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, I actually hope they have a good, you know, a good long marriage. Wow. You no, know, I hope they do. You going to the wedding? Uh, no, Rodney. <laughs> no, we ain't friends, you know. I Rodney, you just you just want a housewives of uh, real housewives <laughs> yeah. of husbands. Of... <laughs> yeah, I want to see something dangerous. I mean, but I mean, but she does He didn't say that she hated him. Well, I right. never, I never cared. To, I don't. I ain't never talked to her. But do you think that, like, right now, if you ask, her, do you think that she hates you? Uh, if I asked, she would probably say yes. But if I, what if I asked, say, do you hate Ike? She'd be like, uh, no, I love Ike. It's 50. Yeah, I just didn't know. Yeah. Because you know how women are, they lie so much. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about that earlier. The greatest yeah, women, women. women have ever told. Mm-hmm. They lie with make. They lie with spanks. I mean, they lie with everything. So, wow. <laughs> Well, I got to tell you, man, um, there was a time that I had some some intense dislike from that, that, with my wife. So you hated her? I didn't hate her. Oh, man, really? No, really. I didn't hate her. I just hate – I hate it. Come and on. I hate it using the word that I dislike intensely. <laughs> Every time she would – like a situation would come out, and the first thing would come out of would be like – Something not positive, and I say, like she would, it was like she would try to talk herself out of things, and I'm like, why would you try to talk yourself out of things? You can do it, you can do it. Like when it's time for her to go, like she wanted to get a new job or something. Well, I don't know if I can do it, or you know, what what type of questions they go ask? What if I don't like it? And I'm like, wait a minute, why are you, you talking yourself out of out of something? Just go do it. This your ex wife. No, I don't have an ex-wife. This is my my wife now. Okay. <laughs> oh, no, no, right. <laughs> but it, it would drive me crazy that she would down herself and then try to pick herself back up. I'm like, why would you do that? And this was earlier in our marriage. She doesn't do it anymore, but, I mean, maybe because I fuss so much when it happens. Well, you we were literally getting in arguments because I would just get so upset, like, why are you down yourself? Have confidence, you know? Yeah, and, and you just actually just stumbled upon something, you know, that I... I didn't come in your driveway. Yeah, because I, I and, and not speaking to your wife, but I hate complaining people. People just complain, and I'm just like, Really? Seriously, you have breath in your body, you have clothes on your back, shoes on your feet, you ate something today. I'm just like, get out of here. I mean, I just, you know, people that complain, oh, man, it's, and people who are just, just so pessimistic, just like, oh, gosh, I mean, I just I just can't stand it. And I just, I just try to, 
I don't have any patience, you know, for those type of people. I try to separate myself, you know, from them because they'll bring you down. Yeah, that, that, that'll make you snap, man. That stuff will make you snap. And I, I said maybe because I'm a competitor. You know, I, I was trained. You could do it. You're the best. Nobody, nobody, bless you. <laughs> but you know. But, you know, you, you get that mentality in your head growing up. So every time you went into something, you went in like, oh, if you call me, oh, that's a done deal. That, this is locked up. Even when you were, you were you know, finding a woman when you were maybe in college or in high school, you had confidence rolling up on that girl to talk to her. You're like, I'm going to bag this one. I got this one. Don't y'all worry about this. You're telling the fellas. Well, where did you learn that confidence from? I guess when I was young. Home training? Yeah. I just motivated, man. I just been a motivated person. I'm like, you know, I'm I'm just a go-getter. It's the same place people learn the pessimism from. Home training. Yeah. It's you like, know? just go for it. And that's, you know, that's the beautiful thing about marriage, man, is that, Again, one of the things I really didn't appreciate until I'm, I got seven years of changes between I do to right now is that it's cleaving, and cleaving takes time. You know, each person brings into the marriage themselves as an individual before they met the other person. And then you talking about, you know, I'm going to shift this and shape this to, to connect with you here. That's not some comedy. I tell people it's not yellow. It ain't Play-Doh. It's, it's two rocks rubbing together that's going to learn how to form and fit each other over time. But it takes mm-hmm. time. You know? It does. Yeah, like I said, it took a long time. I mean, a couple of years for my, my wife and I to get over that negativity-type conversation. But um, here's another one. Anybody else got... Um, on the on the high level, I hate my wife. I'm gonna break it down for some folks. I'm gonna break it down for some folks. I hate my wife's cooking. It ain't oh, like my mom. No. <laughs> oh no, you said it ain't like mama. <laughs> Anybody ever thought that? Uh, I'm not man. answering that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was gonna be a tough question. Everybody gotta eat the mom. I gotta eat the mom. All right, I'm going to scratch that question. Scratch, scratch, scratch. <laughs> Ain't nobody going to answer that one. Here's another one. This might be a scratcher, too. I hate my wife's friends. No. Oh, I, I don't mind my wife's friends. Is it but, one friend? You, now, you know, everybody has that one friend that do. The friend that don't agree with the marriage choice she made? Uh-huh. <laughs> no. No, I'm good. You good? I'm good on there. I'm good there. Even on the ex wives for the people who've been married before? No. I, I had that issue. I had that issue before. With my ex I'm, I'm assuming somebody might need to find out what y'all did. Hmm. Talking to me? Yeah, anybody. I don't know who's, who's, who's has been married multiple times. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had that issue with my last uh, 
my ex-wife's friend, her best friend, um, she was not helpful to the marriage. And I will say that she some somewhat may have been instrumental in bringing it down. Wow. Not in a big way, but in in a in a little way. Little foxes, man. Yeah, no doubt. You know, and now I see her and you know, and we cool. I don't know how, but you know, I guess the forgiving part of me was like, you know, I'm glad it was over. So, thank you for all your efforts. Mhm. But cuz uh, the reason why I asked that question cuz usually when earlier marriages if you have an argument or something inside your home, the wife usually is going to go through a mother or a friend. So now this friend comes to your house, he always has an attitude about you or something like that until you get to a point. Now this could just be TV and, and that's where I got this from. Or, you know, the he say, she say, and then they, they always are giving you the eye and making you feel uncomfortable in your own home. No, I don't have that. Yeah, I don't have that either. Man. You got to be bad. You got to be Chuck Norris bad to come in my own house and make me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> but what about, what about the reverse, fellas? What about if your wife hates your friends? Oh yeah, that, that's all the time. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it took a while for my wife until they, all of them got married. Cause I was, I think I was probably the first one that got married out my crew, and she just knew how my crew was. So me going somewhere with them, it was always a little argument before it happened. Maybe um, a little trust issue because she just knew how you know, my friends were before they got married. But now that they're all married and they, they they got their own businesses and jobs, you know, it's a different story. But there was a time where, you know, here you got this married man going with the singles. When we go to New York, we're going all over the place. There was probably a trust issue there, so. Man, my my friends are married. My wife can't stand them. <laughs> hey, your wife Good. likes me. You say what now? I say your wife, she likes me. Yeah, she likes you. She praying you come over for the Super Bowl and not the not not the not the Goonies. <laughs> <laughs> Why she don't wow. like you? She is just, you know, she was talking about her disdain for one of my boys today, as a matter of fact. I guess she was just paying him particular attention, but she like, it's just something about him I just don't like. Yeah, I'm like, oh, okay. You know, but, you know, I, I never tell her that she's, you know, but, you know, me knowing what I know about him, I say, yeah, yeah I see why she don't like him, but I'm not going to tell her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to just let her keep saying, you know, it's something right there. It's something there I don't like about it. I don't know what it is. You know, <laughs> keep it moving. And that fact right there that she knows that, do you love that about your wife or do you hate that about your wife? The fact that I she feel knows indifferent that about it. Indifferent about it. Yeah, because I'm my own man and uh, I know how to handle myself. So I'm not. I'm not even worried about it. You know, I know, I, me personally, I know how my boy is, so, you know, I don't, 
I, he knows how I feel about some of the things that he do, and I've made that known. And uh, you know, I, I, I don't I don't play party to some of his shenanigans. And I told him if he, if it ever gets to a point where he asks me to lie for him, then he, he's done. <laughs> not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. I'm not that dude. But that's understandable. Here's another one. I hate my wife's family. Oh boy! <laughs> I know Tony got a lot to say on that one. <laughs> I don't have. I actually don't have anything. I love my wife's family. You know, we get we got along good day one. Uh, I know Tony has something to say. Me too, Pete. Yeah, me too. No, I don't. My 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 wife's family is small, and everybody's cool. Tony, is this Tony? Yeah. <laughs> Not the same Tony a couple calls ago. Tony, what you talking about, man? What did I say? A couple calls. <laughs> Tony, you you have more than a couple of times thrown these people under the bus. <laughs> what people are you talking about? Your wife's family. She don't have any family. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Don't don't her family like speak Spanish or something? Yeah, oh, you talking about that. No, no, I'm just saying oh. it's just a language barrier a little bit with oh. the family, but both her both her um parents are deceased. So it's this no, they're all great, great people. Believe me, it's just the language barrier sometimes. Uh, you made it sound a little more serious than that tone. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I get where you're going. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Just language. Just sometimes I'll be like, Man, hello. All right, I let it ride, bro. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Anybody it's Ola. else? It's Ola. Anybody else? Yeah. Anybody else hate their wife's family, or or a sibling in the family? Or... Yeah. I, I I didn't think you got anybody to admit that. Yeah, no. This is a good call. Nobody's admitting. It. Hey, there you go. We're not going to admit these things. All right, here's another one. We probably need to scratch off. But we're getting right where we need to be, though. We're getting right here. It's 10 o'clock, a little bit four minutes behind, but we're right where we're supposed to be. I hate the way my wife cleans clothes. Oh, yes. Lord, God, yes. <laughs> you got the best yeah. time, watch, man. All the colors and the white clothes. <laughs> uh, no, nah, my wife is the worst, and let me tell you why. First of all, <laughs> wash clothes. So ain't no cl- colors mixed up or nothing like that. Uh, she don't shrink the shirt. She let them air dry. All that's cool. You want to know what my wife's biggest issue is? She lose oh. my damn clothes. <laughs> after a while, I have to like keep my clothes because after a while, stuff just disappears. <laughs> is that because she just doesn't fold them up? She just they might be in a basket somewhere hidden in the closet or something. I don't know, man. Sometimes she get to washing. You know, watching Lifetime and playing this bubble game on the phone, and oh, she ain't paying attention and just throw my clothes anywhere, and it stayed there for years. Yeah, so she be losing my clothes, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey, yeah, this happened. This, this has never happened to me, but my, but I, it may have happened to somebody on this phone. I hate. When my wife nags about me staying out all night or out late. Oh, yeah. Come on, have a drink. <laughs> Why do you think they nag? 
don't know. I, you know, it, you know, hey, you know, it don't matter. You damned if you do, damned if you don't. Mm-hmm. Well, I think there's one reason why. I'm gonna read something to y'all, and then just just listen for a quick second. It's a thin line between love and hate. It's a thin line between love and hate. It's five o'clock in the morning, and you just getting in. You knock on the front door, and a voice, a a voice sweet and low says, "Who is it?" She opens up the door and lets you in. Never once asked, "Where have you been?" She says, "Are you hungry? Did you eat yet?" Let me hang up your coat. Pass me your hat. All the time she's smiling. Never once raised her voice. It's five o'clock in the morning. You don't give it a second thought. What do you think? That ain't my wife. Sleep with one eye open. Matter of fact, don't sleep with one eye open. Don't go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> now you know we had Al Green go through this exact same thing. He got some heat when he was sitting down to eat that breakfast. That grits hit him. Yeah, right. Man, grits my wife right there in the head. She got too much hellfire for that right there to happen. <laughs> she ain't not nah, that, that. I ain't gonna just cruise by by coming in at five o'clock in the morning like it's cool. That ain't for now. But most women ain't gonna react like that if you just. Your first time, hey, I'm out Super Bowl party and we just kicking it. You know, they gonna come with a, ah, what you doing? Don't you don't Super Bowl, blah blah blah. o'clock, the Ravens are already They ain't gonna come with that. But if you watch it and you've been, you know, you gotta maybe had a history of, of having a, a droopy eye, and you flirting in, and you know, you done had that conversation already about, you know, some or maybe see caught put two and two together, you on your phone, and she know that you was out there running something nasty. Yeah, you might get that response where you start acting a little suspicious. You know, she don't say nothing, but, you know. Like, sometimes I may stay out late, man. I'm talking to some dudes that from the Golden Gym. We staying out there at 10 o'clock to, like, 12 after close. And she, man, where you been at? You know what I'm saying? But I understand it because I hate it when my wife goes somewhere, and I'm like, just send me a text. Let me know you cool. Don't I know, me, right? Don't have me ringing 10 o'clock looking like overprotective Otis. <laughs> I know. You stand in the door. You know what I'm saying? Oh, my God. Yeah. You, don't, you don't know how much that was my first couple years of marriage, dog. Like, wife call up. I'm like, you ain't seen my phone ring like four or five times? Mm-hmm. She's like, you know, it's like, I don't know where you at. You could be anywhere. Somebody could have ran from your car. Who you going? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for us, it's, it's more security. It's making sure that she gets home safe. You know what my wife does? Thanks for reminding me. I hate this. She, she, uh, she, her way of letting me know everything is okay, like if she roll out, let me know everything is okay when she get home. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, obviously so, because I'm talking to you eyeball to eyeball. Right, y'all. I was gonna let you know when I got home everything's okay. I'm like, what kind of, you know? If it wasn't all right, I'd call you. No, you don't necessarily got the opportunity to do that if it's not all right. When Man, I gotta get read talking that. on that phone. Mm-hmm. That phone gets you in trouble. Talking to nothing. 
So are y'all saying you hate your wife's smartphone? I hate the white phone, it, it, period. And I'm going to tell you why. Now, in the man handbook, in the old phone, man get a call and late at night he might take the call, go in the bathroom, and, and, and talk. But now your wife go in the bathroom to talk in the car, and she's standing there for an hour. You kind of, you kind of like, well, who the world is she talking to? And she got to get up, y'all sitting on the couch together, and go in the next room uh, to have a conversation. When, yeah. when, wouldn't that cause a problem in the household? Like, who are you just talking to where it was so important where you had to get up? But every time I talk to somebody right here, you always ask me questions. You just need to get an app on your phone where you can listen in. <laughs> oh, I gotta go to bed. Hey, go right in. You want to take some chips in there with you? Go right in. Turn that app on. Like, uh huh. They don't have that app for real, man. Don't say that. <laughs> I know they got the app that that follows your wife, or whatever. Somebody made a GPS app. Yeah, they got an app for everything, man. Yeah, they got an app to listen on your phone, man. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you get to that point, that's a that's a different issue you got with trust. Yeah, you ain't lying. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Wow. Well, I want to finish this little poem that I was reading here. Oh, it's more to it. Oh, it's more to it. It's another. It, it goes. It's a thin line between love and hate. It's a thin line between love and hate. The sweetest woman in the world could be the meanest woman in the world if you make her that way. You keep hurting her, she'll keep being quiet. She might be holding something inside that's really, really hurt. That will really, really hurt you one day. What can she be holding in inside that will really, really hurt you one day? A machete. Is it that she just, do we do that? Even men, do we hold, do we get so much hatred built up in us? That we hold stuff inside the way we just snap. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people do. Because we don't want to, maybe we don't want to have the argument because we already know you're gonna lie or you, you know you're not gonna tell the truth. Or now that we got technology, are we just building it up until we find out the truth? I think I think you just said it. Um, and I'll just speak for the man side of it. Um, there's a lot of times that we have a request or we have a concern and we bring it up to them and it gets shot down and it's not important and you already know the outcome or, or you're gonna be or the blame's gonna be shipped back to you for some strange reason that it's your fault, that the situation is the way that it is. And then you get to the point where you beat down over and over again about talking about it, um, you're trying to exercise communication, but there's no result, and then you just it, it, you, you just learn to harbor it until it comes to a point where it's just an explosion. Mm. If you understand what I'm saying, you know you've been going over it over and over again, but you're not getting the result that you want, and now you're harboring it, and it's, you're bitter towards it. It's a sore subject with you, but you you know, and that one time comes where you just blow up. Yep. You can't take it no more. Can't take it no more. But doesn't that that's when hatred becomes something else. 
right? Like what? The reason why I say that, I'm going to read the rest of the poem, and then you'll get a better understanding. I see her in the hospital, bandaged from head, from foot to toe, in a state of shock, just that much from being dead. You couldn't believe the girl would do something like this. Ha. You don't think the girl had the nerve, but here you are. I guess action speaks louder than words. It's a thin line between love and hate. <laughs> yeah, sir. <laughs> but it, you explode, just like we said. We we explode. See, here's this song that is telling us exactly what we're going through right now with hatred. That we explode to the point where. Um, a couple months ago, we had an NFL player. He comes home 5 a.m. in the morning. New, his his fiance explodes. They get in a fight. He ends up shooting her. And then he realizes what he does and shoots himself. So we get to the point where we we blank out, where we don't we we don't have control of our body because of hatred. You can, but there's barriers you break through to get to that point. You, know, you don't just go from zero to one twenty the first time. You you end up, you know, maybe shouting, or some people who always use a shout end up with a free for all cuss match, or you throw something. Not aiming to hit somebody, but you throw something, and every time you're like, "Oh, I didn't know I could," you know, you make me that mad. So it's, it's, it's barriers that'll give you opportunities to adjust your reaction. But if you don't, the next time you come across a barrier, it's going to be tempting to just break it again and go a little further. There's a lot of people sitting in jail, man, right now who just, you know, I didn't think I didn't think it would get this far. You know, I just couldn't stop myself. And before I knew it, you know, I was choking her, and she wouldn't stop telling me I wasn't nothing. Before you know it, she stopped moving. It ain't going with the idea of killing somebody, but they didn't stop themselves with the barriers. I saw it last night on First 48. That's where I got this question from. Because um, there was this young guy, him and his girlfriend got in an argument in the room. He snapped. He ended up stabbing her. They get in a fight. She and he ended up stabbing her. He snaps like 30 times. He doesn't even realize it. The commotion is heard from the outside, from the, the, the girl's aunt, because they were over at the aunt's house. She comes in. He just starts stabbing her. Well, their their daughter, his own daughter, the mother, was asleep on the couch. She wakes up. He stabs her more times than he stabs the wife. And he goes to jail, and he said he breaks down. He's like, I just snapped. I don't know what happened. I just stabbed him. And then he says, I don't want to die. What about the consequences? You have taken somebody else's or you have beaten somebody to a point where they're disfigured. But now you want sympathy for yourself. Good question. 
Is hatred that much? I mean, we we grew up doing being hate. Is it is it the hatred or lack of control? I think it's lack of control. I mean, I I have to always exercise control. You know, I try to teach my my kids here that you know if you get mad and you hit someone and they trip or something and bash their head up on the table and break their neck. You just killed them. You know, that, that's murder. You didn't mm-hmm. mean to. Yep, they call it manslaughter. You, you didn't mean to kill them. I mean, but it was an accident. Wow. So, you know, I try to tell them, you know, and I always remember this too, you know, because if I hit someone, I could kill them. Mm-hmm. If yeah, I get them at the right point with a, with a, right, with a good shot, I could, or they could kill me. This is dude um, last year, man, in those state. You know, separate thing, but he was self-defense, according to the story. When the guy, white guy was kicking on him and his wife and uh, wouldn't leave him alone, kept cornering him, and he turned around and socked one of them, put him straight into the arms of his maker. Mm. Done. They tried to charge him a first-degree murder. Exactly. Yeah, you you got to think that stuff through, man. Uh, any of y'all ever kick the cat? No, I ain't kick the cat. All right, I just I just stand out, just went out there in the middle of the land and go to by myself, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I I got mad at one point with my wife, man, a couple of years ago. And uh, I forget what it was, but, man, I like I said, my wife always looks like she's leaving. I don't know you. You know, run away. I'm like, I don't know where you're going. You, you know, that argument. Like, you can't just be leaving and stuff. Man, that cat came around. I was so mad. I just straight laid into the cat with one small shot. I still see it. The cat did like a 720 in the air. How <laughs> <laughs> funny, man. But, like, the cat just went forward. Then, like, a 720 and landed into the to the little bookcase. Just boom. She got up and looked at me and ran off. And I was I was sorry as soon as I kicked it, and it was probably like a three or four days, man, before that cat would come around me. She would just I felt so bad, man. I said I'll never, you know, do that again, man. It was like wow, I got to that point of being so mad. And you, you're right, you just it's not the idea of becoming mad that is simple. It's how you process that anger. Right. It and, took me a and, long time and, to get my anger right. And I'm going to echo on that a little bit. I think that it has very little to do with hate. Because <clears throat> he didn't hate the cat. He didn't even hate the person that he was mad at. The guy who was stabbing those people, he didn't hate anybody that he stabbed. You see what I'm saying? I don't think he, he, he hated any of them. He may have even loved them, but the anger got the best of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The lack of control for the anger, the 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 ability to 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 go ten Mississippi. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm but saying? That, you say I got to go. I'm gonna sit here and I'm gonna count ten Mississippi. You know, especially with black people, man, that's something where. 
you look at people saying, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call a timeout, I'm going to pull away, like, oh, that's white people talking. That's not how it's But the reality is, it's smart. <laughs> Very yeah. smart. It's smart. And you don't want to learn that on the other end, talking as a reformed man from the penitentiary, talking about it's smart. It's better for you to try to learn that now. You got to separate your manhood from your supposed masculinity and just step away from the conversation that's getting too violent. Yeah. Remove yourself. Yeah. But you know, the, some, the people, pro- go ahead. some people pride themselves in saying, oh, I know what I'm going to do. You know what I mean? Oh, I know what I'm going to do with the kickoff. I know I'm going to hurt somebody. Some people pride themselves in saying that. You know, but those those are big boy statements because the consequences are bigger than you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's okay to call 911. Say, well, I'm going to let the police. Sometimes it takes a big man to say, you know what? I know I can <clears throat> handle this, but I'm going to call the police. Let the police handle it. Yeah. You know, fellas, I think it's a difference, too, between love, hate, and and being angry. Hate necessarily isn't angry. Isn't anger. Right. You know, God is a God of love, but the Bible talks about God's anger. He said he's slow to anger. You would think, well, if this is a God of all love, why would he anger at all? They said he's slow to anger, but he does have anger within wrath. his wrath. Yeah, it, it, it's in within the and wrath is even stronger than anger because anger is simply the buildup. The wrath is the retaliation of anger. So you, you think about that, and it's and it's supposed it's, if you look at it, it's really all done out of love. You know, versus somebody who's just hateful. Hateful people, they'll find the fact that you're progressing makes them angry. Love, the fact that you are digressing makes them angry. Wow. That's you heavy. God only, God, That's only, heavy. God only rebukes those he loves, chastises those he loves. And if you ain't going to chastise somebody from going from B's to A's. You chastise somebody who has A potential from pulling in B minus. Instead, you, you, you chastise them. But if I hate you, I hate the fact that you're progressing. I love it when you sit there and you're, you're making no moves at all. You're stagnant. It, it has its opposite balances, man. You actually said something profound. Um. And if I might, Mr. Host, I'd like to drop a monkey wrench on your topic. Go ahead. You know, the topic is, is there a thin line between love and hate? And is there a a, a thin line between love and hate when it involves your children? And what I mean by that, fellas, is that, and you may not have ever experienced it, maybe you have, but you've gotten to a point where you've, you thought you raised them the right way, and then they just just make they continue they continually make stupid mistakes, silly mistakes. For all these years, you know, you've been trying to tell them to you know to go the right way, and I mean it's a thin line between 
you know, could 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 you hate your children because they're just rebellious? I guess it is the way I can put it. Is that possible? I, I, I believe so. Tough love, but I don't think you can give them. You can hate your children. What you, what you say, Ike? I, I believe it is possible because only reason why I say it is because I'm witnessing that right now with my dad and my brother. And you know, my mother. You know, I don't know if my dad will outright say that he hates my brother, but he just looks at him with with just hatred in his eyes. What my mama tells me, and when I talk to my dad about my brother, it just changes his whole. His whole attitude and his whole demeanor—I mean, he immediately gets hostile, you know. And and he—I he, mean, he just gets completely agitated. And the thing that he told me when he was here for the inauguration is that he just feels like such a failure with my brother. Why is that? Without Be- getting too personal. Because my brother, you know, he he raised both of us. You know, my same mom and dad, me and my brother. Same household. He raised both of us, and my brother is not nowhere near where he needs. My brother's still living at home with my dad and my mom. You know, and he's almost thirty. Well, he's over thirty. He just turned thirty, and he's still living at home. And my mom has got that. You know, she's treating him like a baby. Hmm. So my mom is feeding into that. You know, keeping those. Those hatred embers going by not seeing my dad's point of view on it. So my mom contributes to that also. Why do you think she did it with you? What's it now? Why do you think she didn't do that same um, enabling with you? She tried, but uh, what I did was. Thankfully, you know, I just snuck and joined the military without her knowing. And I told her that. I have told my mom that. I said, you know, if it wasn't for me uh, telling you in two weeks I was leaving for the military, you would have talked me out of it the moment, you know, you found out about it and tried to keep me there at the house. And I need to go and be a man. I need to, you know, I need to roll out. So you think your father's frustration is probably with your mom and because he has to pick and choose his battles, he's sending like a like a mixed signal where we may if we're on the outside coming in I mean on the outside looking in we would think that it's towards your brother. I think that could be it. I think that could be it. I mean it's just a very dicey situation. Hmm. Wow. That's deep. With no resolution in sight. Well, I mean, the resolution would have to be your brother would have to, you know, um, take the take the take the initiative to remove himself from that situation. Right, he would have to grow up. He would have to grow up. I mean, God can tell your father something different. Right, God, God can fix it, and that's what I'm praying to have happen. Do you think that your dad is jealous? You think he's jealous because he can't, you know. My dad always told me at the age of 18, two grown grown men ain't going to be living in the same house. It's not going to work. 
So he gave me options. And now that he's, you know, he's 30 years old, he's taken away from, you know, your your brother's taking your, your father's wife away from him, and he's jealous of that. Mm. He's, he's getting the love that he should be getting. Yeah. Wow. That could be it, too, and that's real deep. That, that could be, too. Yeah. That's deep, bro. That's real deep. That's real deep. Yeah, because, I mean, like you said, I mean, he's still living there, so, I mean, it's it's an issue when you got other folks living in your house. I mean, you can't be as comfortable as you, you know, even if it is family. I mean, you still can't be as comfortable as you want to be. Yeah. I mean, you could take something as simple as preparing a meal. And it's, you know, your father likes smothered steak. You know what I mean? And he's looking forward to to smother steak and when she goes to the grocery store she's got to double check well do I do smother steak tonight or I do pork chops <laughs> I know the other one likes pork chops you know what I'm saying Instead oh of yeah saying, yeah my brother's there with her and he just tells he wants pork chops tonight exactly yeah. so now she's torn between right. two men opposed to saying well no you freeloading you know what I mean so we're going to have smothered steak you know because at 30 years old, I mean, think about it. You freeloading at 30 years old, you freeloading. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey. No it is what it is. You know, but, but again, you know, it's a, she's torn, and your father knows she's torn. He knows she's going to show some preference to the son every now and then. And it probably is burning him up inside, man. You're probably, he probably hates that. Yeah, no doubt. I would. Yeah, I would. It's going to be a confrontation one day. He's going to tell him to get out. He's going to snap. That is going to snap. And everybody in the house is going to be mad. Yeah. He might throw everybody out. Yeah, he's he's had a he's had a minor nap already. And uh, you know, I've told my brother, you know, cuz my brother, you know, he's he's buying into that crap here from my mom, you know, you know, something wrong with dad, you know. He went off to the war, he got PTSD. I said, "Yeah, I understand all that." I said, but whether something wrong with him or not, it's still his house, and uh, you got to go. You got to go. I told him that. I'm glad you you told me. Oh, I I tell him. I say, hey, whether something wrong with him or not, because eventually the day is going to come when he's going to be serious. Mm-hmm. And when he's serious, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. My dad, man, he, he ain't, you know, when he goes, he goes. Yeah. When he over that edge, he's gone. Yeah. And 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 especially when you say, just the just the convers when you started talking about the conversation about him even talking about your brother, I didn't realize that he he lived in the house. Right. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't expecting you to say yeah, and he lives in the house. Exactly. Either he's somewhere else doing wrong. Okay, that and you know, and when you mention it, but yeah, he li- yeah that's a, that's a problem, man. When it makes his blood boil, just talking about somebody that lives in the same house. Oh yeah. Yeah, now if it was if it was a daughter, it'd be a different story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's daddy's little girl. You want to make sure she's home, everything good. She ain't out with no crazy dude. Everything good. Come on home. But a man is supposed to leave the nest. He ain't supposed to come back home. Because now, you, as a father, you feel like you didn't do a good job because he's back in your house. Yeah, my dad feels just like a failure. He feels like a failure. Wow. Well, you can't feel like a failure, man, because you came out all right. Right, and you know I t- 
try to talk to them, man, but it's it's rough. It's it's a tough situation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, but 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 the saving grace is that he's got you to look look, you know, to be the shining light. And now he's probably just saying, you know, what went wrong with the other one? Yeah. What went wrong with the other? And deep down inside, he knows the truth of what went wrong. He knows that your mom had something to do with it. You know, and it is what it well, is. Absolutely, absolutely. My mom would would, and you know, me living there, I can definitely confirm. My mom would certain situations. My brother would get into it. My mom, you know, she would get him out of it. Mm-hmm. Well, that that brings us to the crazy and deranged segment. I want y'all give me. I got. Wait a minute, now you ain't calling my mama crazy in the rain. Now wait a minute. No, 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 we ain't talking about your mama. I was there. I'm fighting words right there. I know about your mama jokes. Now, I don't do your mama jokes. I'm fighting words right there. But we are at the crazy the rain, and what I'm talking about is basically what we 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 roll right into because God is carrying this call. If y'all if y'all haven't felt it already, but we're right at jealousy. That's right. I left love to the end because that's all. Love is always last. We got to get there. It takes time to get to love. But I want to. I want to play something for you. So give me a second here. One. A few seconds. Two. Know how to behave. Well, let me 
ask the question. I got to ask the question because I've heard this before. You at the club with your wife? How is somebody gonna try to holler when you with her all the time? They try to holler when she like go to the bathroom. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, like if she go to the bathroom or something, you know, you know, I see a couple of dudes like try to say something to her, and she just keep it moving. But yeah, they try. I mean, you know, they're dudes, man, they scavengers. Yeah. <laughs> I scavengers. Yeah, they waiting. They waiting for you to turn your back. Right. But I mean, you you, you said jealousy, Mr. Host, and yeah. if I might break this down a little bit, um, because jealous, you know, you can have jealous resentment against a rival. Mm. Yeah. And when you look at rivals, you know, love and hate are rivals. So, you know, in a sense, you talk about that thin line between love and hate, I mean, I think that jealous resentment might be that line. Mm-hmm. Because I found out that people are jealous of your relationship. Have you Who's ever noticed that? Right? Yeah, mine. Y'all, yeah. No, well, well, I'm just we're, saying. We're all jealous of When I say your, I'm being your employer. Everybody's on the phone's relationship. Yeah, yeah, so they look at you and your wife. And say I want my and then the ladies like I want my relationship to be like this. We should mold our relationship just like this. Because you know you're you know Ike is the greatest guy. You know why can't my husband act like Ike? You guys are too kind. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but have y'all ever heard of that? Well. Your, your wife's friends? From your wife's friends? I, I, from your wife telling you about how her, her friends feel about their relationship? I mean, I get that all the time, you know, about, you know, how great I am from, you know, other people, and it's just not. Doesn't it make you feel uncomfortable, doesn't it? Doesn't I have had a hell of a conversation. <laughs> I was at, man, I'm sorry to cut you off right now. Go ahead, go ahead. Man. I'm, glad, I'm glad you cut him off. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Ike. Go ahead, Ike. Go ahead, brother. Ozio's, man, for my wife's sister. And, uh, you know, this, this family friend was there, you know, and she was just like, for like hours, she would just not shut the hell up talking to my wife about, you know, how, you know, I'm looking for someone. I want somebody like your husband. Where did you find him? And my wife's like, you know, we met online and all this. She was like, well, I couldn't date anybody online. She's just not hearing it. But at the same time, she's like, I want somebody like him. You know, he's a good man. And, and I'm sitting right there. And this is going on for hours. And, I mean, she would not shut the hell up. So she's like, I just doing wrong and blah, blah, blah. I said, just go online and, and go on some dates. You know, I give her the website. I said, that's the way yeah. I meant. Life is not a big deal. What's the problem? Did you give her blackplanet.com? Black people meet, not black planet now. I'm not trying to. <laughs> I need a terrible. I need a horrible individual. And you should call right now. Anyway. Um, oh man, that's great! Hey, listen to this. Uh, one of the chatters says females mostly compare their marriages to other marriages. Oh, well, that's, that's a statement. That's why they crazy as hell here. <laughs> yeah, that's a true statement. 
Instead of being happy, they over there looking at somebody else. It's, that's crazy. You're crazy. That's You are. You are. And that's a dangerous game to play because you don't know what happens when those doors close. Exactly. Exactly. Talk to them. You don't know what happens when those doors close. You don't know. God could be a control freak. You know Me, I mean? the hell out of them. Could make us sleep in the bottom of a closet every night. You know, yeah, I mean, you know what I mean? <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> but, 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 Tony, you said something profound there. A control freak. Isn't that a jealous person? A control sure, freak? Sure, yep. sure, sure, mm-hmm. sure. You know, they always want you in the house right after you leave work. You can't go to the store. I don't want you to go to the store. Or, or uh, we, we going to go straight to the car right after church. Yeah, them dudes are funny when I see them. Or the dudes that um that you 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 friend up their their wife on Facebook and they they hit you with the friend request right afterwards. It's like I don't know you, man. <laughs> wow, really? That happens. Sure, that. Say that again. Yeah, say, say that, that again. That's the yeah. security right there. <laughs> you become friends with the wife, and then here come here come the, the husband sending you a friend request. I've never. And you don't even know him. But but why do you think he sends you a friend request? Because he probably want to see what Rodney's posting on his page. I don't know. I'm thinking I mean, it's it, Yeah, I mean it is because I mean, I mean I I don't know. I mean it's it's weird to me. But it is nothing yeah. but insecurity because I mean, you got to. I mean you, you ain't got to worry about me. And even if you did, I mean, you, you got to you just worry about your own. You know, as long as you got yourself straight, you shouldn't have to worry about no other dude. But you, you said something there, uh, a word there also, security. Because, uh, you know, you, you hear about people all the time saying, uh, I checked your phone. Who is this person you texted? Uh, oh, oh, my God, they checking the phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my wife every now and then she'll just grab my phone and go through it. Very rarely will she do it, but she will check it. And I'm like, go ahead, now. They checking your email, they checking your phone. While you're in the shower, they checking your wallet. They check everything. You gave your email password. Yeah, my wife, I mean, I know my wife has all my passwords. I mean, my wife don't use them, you know, but she has all yeah, my, my passwords. Yeah, my wife has all my care. passwords. Yeah, I, mean, I don't yeah, care. My wife. Ain't got nothing to hide. She can, can pick up my you? phone. One night she asked me, you know, what's the password? I said, it's this. She was like, okay. Would you, she didn't even use it. Would you say that the question just comes up randomly, or would you say it was events that led to that question? Uh, I would probably have to say events. Meaning something led her to be like, I need this password. Right. Okay. Right. Mm. Well, then, I guess, then, I don't know. Then line, line there, brother. Then line. It's a thin line. <laughs> yeah. It's a thin line between secrecy and privacy. You know, oh, my yeah. goodness. <laughs> Because I think the the one thing, brothers, is that women and men interpret things so differently. Yeah, we do. So something, you know, she may read on your phone that you just, you know, it's like it's nothing. Well, what is this? You know, who is this? 
Do I know? I mean, it's like, what? It's not that serious. I mean, I don't have that issue, but it can happen. It can happen. It can happen. Here's a question from one of the chatters. Um, are we slacking in our relationships with our wives that we fear a breakup or divorce may be on the horizon? No. Nope. And why? Nope. Nope. I'm good. I'm, I'm good, too. Yeah, my wife ain't leaving me while she got uh, the flu. <laughs> but do you think that jealousy, a, a lot of guys are jealous because they're actually doing what they don't want the wife to do? Sure. Oh, of course. Or vice versa? Absolutely. I mean, so, my wife So jealous. somebody's always got that little conscious because they're doing something that they want to check make sure you're not doing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Guilt. Wow. Yeah, you guilty, man. You you start becoming real guilt conscious of what you're doing. And, you know, it's like the same thing when people say, man, you know, I find I'm more and more like my mom and my dad when I had my own kids. And I was saying, man, this is what they went through when they had me. <laughs> That's called long-term guiltiness. Hmm. Wow. That's crazy. Well, why does jealousy, or how does jealousy involve the word hate? Why do we get, even if we're going through all this, what what, what gets that anger so built up where we intensely have to continue to do these checks, where we just snap one day because of our jealous rage? That's where the hatred comes in, right? Well, yeah. Uh, I think to answer that right, you got to understand the definition of the word jealousy. You know, it's not that, um, you're you're better than me, and I'm I resent that because you're better than me. I mean, I look at it from what is the how does the definition fit first to God? Cause the God of that Bible says that you know is a jealous God. So what does that mean? He he can't necessarily be envious of something that he created, you're not envious of your creation because you're the full capacity of it. So what does jealousy really mean? You know, one definition says uh, feeling resentment against someone because of that person's rivalry or their success. Another Mm -hmm. says, you know, jealous, inclined to be or troubled by suspicions or fears of rivalry, unfaithfulness, etc. Mm-hmm. What was the first issue of when you saw that happen? Well, you had a creation in heaven called Lucifer that had a rivalry where he, I wanted, I should be like the most high. I should be like God. God's word says he can't number beside me. Uh, I'm a guy, a jealous guy. There's none beside me. So now you have this feeling of resentment because of rivalry. It's the same reason why the man said before, you know, he faces, it could be possible that his father is seeing this resentfulness of having his son is still, who's now at full age, still in a place of development, so to speak. And he 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 brought up God. I just want to drop a monkey wrench, if I if I may. 
Um, Go ahead, sir. Go ahead. When you talk about, you know, is there a thin line between love and hate? Is is there a thin line between loving God and hating God? Yeah, it's called sin. It's called sin, but it's called, you know, I think a lot of people, even a lot of Christians, don't trust God. It's, yeah, it's a faith walk. You you walk in my senses that you can't use. God never puts things out in a, in a pattern of we're going to do A, B, and C today, and then we're going to walk through the rest of it. No, it never does that. God shows you the, the end result, or at least the bigger plan of what you see. You don't see the connection from where you're at to where he's showing you. And then from there, he starts walking you down a path that at some point, Looks like it has absolutely no connection to what you saw. So you end up walking on faith. It, it sounds great, but it's an ugly thing. It'll take you places you've never even thought of, man. You, you think you're going to point A to B, may only take you five steps, but God will take you 600. If you only took five steps, you wouldn't be able to handle when you got to big. Hey fellas, this my name is Darren Scott. Uh, I'm listening. Oh, how, how you doing, Welcome, brother? Welcome. Do your thing. Um, I just wanted to say, uh, James Turner, Elder James Turner, told me about this show a couple of days ago, and I and since then I kind of try to listen to it at night and, and whatnot, and drive timing uh, in on Tuesday. Um, so this is my first Tuesday. Um, I just wrote a book called uh, "To Stay Married for at Least 100 Years." And um, this in this book, it tells men how to be men as far as the ones that, that were in the Bible, um, how to be married men. Uh, we can only get that example from those who have done it successfully. And once we realize that our women are, are there to develop us, then we will always have these thoughts, cliches about trusting God or trusting a woman or, uh, you know, um, seeing if God is trying to tell us something down this lonely path and whatnot, but really need to understand that we're in the image of God. And if we're in the image of God, then we are to act like God. So in our marriages, as far as as far as Jesus Christ treated the church, we got to act like that. And a lot of times we get away from that because our wife, she goes to church or she found a church and then she's trying to coerce us into going to church. And then since we didn't lead her to church, we kind of resented a little bit. And then that's what causes our distrust with God because things ain't going our way because we're resenting church. So I really find myself embracing God more so than resenting him or, or resenting my wife or resenting my kids. And the more I act as if he want me to act, then the more things line up around my house. Because when I was acting and reacting on my own will, um, what was happening is I was getting results that I couldn't control, and it began to spiral out of control. But the more the more in line I act as as God wanted me to act, everything automatically lined up. My children, my wife, my home, my finances, and it, and it, it was an easier, happier life. So I, I didn't I didn't act on my own, and when I was everything was in, everything was chaotic. But when I act as as the way he told me to act, then it was it was simple, and I was like I couldn't believe I was 
going against the grain this whole time. And all I had to do was be obedient. <laughs> you know, that was it. Mm, that's no more chaos. Words. That, that, that's great words. And if I may, I'm going to take what you just said and, and take it a, a step further. Because what you said was excellent, but it comes from a loving father. And you have a lot of cases where a father is supposed to love his son, but if that father wasn't there, that father can end up hating, that that, that son can end up hating his father for not being there because the the father was supposed to be there. And and, and it's easier. I find that it's, it's easier for men to love God when they had a loving father. Because God is our Father. He's like our Father. And if you didn't have that, if you didn't have that 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 Father figure in your home and, 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 and he was a deadbeat or he wasn't there, then it's easy to make that transition to God the Father himself. I don't know well, if you me. Well, if I may... Um, that's when we got it. When we start learning on our own, and, and I didn't have a father growing up. I grew up in Atlanta Projects, you know, Perry Home, uh, in, in Buckhead, you know, I, that's where I was from. And my dad wasn't around until my mom got remarried, and, you know, uh, I thought whoever my mom was with, that was that was the dad, you know. Uh, of course, that wasn't true, but I, I had an awesome stepfather, uh, you know, um, coming up, what i known to be a stepfather. But as I got older, I realized that my sins that I committed in the house was called um, transgressional sins. So if somebody didn't like my mom, they didn't like me. If somebody didn't like my dad, they didn't like me. If they, somebody didn't like my family or if my, some, some family members were selling drugs, they was coming out to me to get get to them. You know, that's called transgressional. But when you're in your own right or if you when you're grown, no matter how bad of a childhood you went on, now all those sins are on you. So we have to understand, regardless to how we are coming up, like if I stole some candy at the age of 13 and the the, the, the police stopped me and they asked me, hey, bro, you know, what are you doing stealing candy? They take me down to the police station. They're going to call my mother and say, yeah, I, I stole candy because I, I didn't have food in the house. Well, if I try that same thing at the age of 26, and I, was, and I try to steal some candy out of the store, and I say, hey, you know, they're going to ask me, what are you doing stealing candy? Hey, my mother and father didn't have food in the house. They, they, I'm, I'm getting locked up. That's not going to work. So a lot of the times we tend to try to blame, you know, how we grew up and how we act today on our past. And we can't, we got to grow up from out of that. Yeah, so, so what you're saying is um, bringing it back to, the topic in hand here is that you're always blaming somebody else on the way how you love. Right. You're not blaming any situation of your jealousy, rage, or your hatred on yourself. You're not looking at the man in the mirror. You always want to blame it on somebody else. Well, this is like having it. Up. It, 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 it turns it turns more an, an excuse to do so. Uh, it, it, you got sins of transgression, which is not your fault, and sins of iniquities which is your fault. So the sins of iniquities are when you're grown enough and, you know, hey, uh, I'm like I am. I'm, in, I'm locked up because, 
this person molested me when I was a kid. I molest kids. No, you, you, those are on you. You can't blame anybody. Now you have to learn how to go on your and say, God, please forgive me. You know, I'm turning away from that wicked way. Second Corinthians seven fourteen. I mean, Second Chronicles second seven fourteen. You got to go by those words. Good word. Good word. You, you talking about you, you literally talking about you gotta mute that hating excuses. I'm sorry, sir, what you say? Yeah, it's um I, I was saying that you you're basically referring to hating people making excuses. Because yes. you just you just said that, you know, you grew up in the projects but you're not really making any excuses. You know, you're the man of the house and you gotta do your thing. Whereas right. unfortunately, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, because of this, because of that, I, I, I can't do right because of my background, because of my past, and you know, it's it's unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely unfortunate because some people's testimony is different. Some people said, because of my past, I'm a better person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's how you embrace it. So if you're gonna if you're gonna accept that as truth, then that becomes your reality. The Bible say, whatever a man says. So he sows. Whatever he say, he sows. So if I say I'm going to be a deadbeat dad, then it's already in me to be a deadbeat dad. But if I come out the, out the gate and say, hey, I'm going to be a wonderful father, no matter how my dad treated me, I am not going to do that to my kids. But the first thing I have to do is I have to learn from fathers. I have to learn from the best fathers. I'm not talking about these guys who got ten kids with one woman and go out and cheat on it and she still accepts him because she don't have nowhere to go. I'm not talking about that father. I'm talking about a father that, let's go back to Abraham and Moses and, 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 and Joseph and all these great, wonderful men in the Bible who instructs us how to do it. You know, we, we, and when we read their life and we reread how they, how they treated their kids and how they treated their wives and we mirror that, it's an awesome life. Mm-hmm. That's a good word. That's good. It's 11 o'clock, fellas, and we're right where we're supposed to be. That's because we're right here at that love, at the love segment. And so my question, based off what my man has just just been talking about, is how do we love? How are we supposed to love? Can I say something? Yes, sir. Because we talked about your topic, a thin line between love and hate. And I think those are two words that we that we use loosely. And the reason why I say that is because I I don't think I think more than half the people that use the word love don't know what what it means. And I think the same amount of people that use the word hate don't know what it means. I think that we need to really talk about the definition of true unconditional love and try to define it and then talk about the same definition of hate. Follow what I'm saying? Well, I mean, again, again, we can throw those words around, well, I hate this and I hate that and I hate this and I hate that, without really understanding. And I'm thinking you've got the good and the evil, so if love is unconditional, like God's love, then what mm-hmm. is the real definition of hate? Well, here, here you go. I mean, I already, I'm going to reread the definition of hate, and then I'm going to read the definition of love. All right. Um, give me a second here. The definition of hate is to dislike intensively or passionately. Remember that word, passionately. 
mm-hmm. to dislike intensively or passionately, feel extreme aversion for or extreme hostility toward, to detest. That's the definition of hate. And let me give everybody, because we're right where we're supposed to. What is the meaning of love? The dictionary states a profoundly tender, passionate affection for another person. There's that word passionate again. Why is passionate both in love and in hate? Because to the biologist, hate is a passion that is of equal interest to love. And I say that because I think it was like in, it was a few years back, but um, scientists actually, they discovered that there is a thin line between love and hate, scientifically, that the, the, the hate and love circuits share identical structures. So, you know, hate is like an evil passion, you know, and it should be tamed, controlled, and, and I mean, but... To the scientists, hate is a passion of equal interest to love. Okay. So, I mean, it's they're two opposites, but they can lead to some of the same behavior, if that makes any sense. Yeah. As far as the word passion is concerned, because you could passionately love and passionately hate. Yes, exactly. Yes, it does. Exactly. Exactly. Got it. Got it. But one can defeat the other. Mm. Ninety-nine times out. Talk about it. And the reason why I say that is because you can really hate something, and through learning of forgiveness, learn to forgive and unhate that thing within a matter of seconds of whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Do I, and, you know, and and you have to say an understanding of God's love can can really flip that hate thing around. I didn't hear that. And 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 even so, T. Hawk. In addition to that, now this is crazy. Now, the scientists discovered that there's one big difference between love and hate. They said hate can target numerous individuals or groups defined by gender, social, race, background, political beliefs. Hate can target like a whole group. However, love is directed at just one person specifically with, like, romantic love. Hey, um, this is Darren again. I'm trying, Go ahead. Go ahead, bro. Um, my, my definitions of um, of different things, I often, what, what I had to learn to go to, I had to learn and target the Bible's definition by the, the world's definition. For example, um, I had to start when I saw the 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 uh the word step parent, okay? Um that's not in the Bible per se. So, but it's in Webster's dictionary. Um let's say the word marriage is in the Bible and it hasn't changed for years and it describes marriage in the Bible as between a man and a wife. Now, if you look at uh Webster, 
it has evolved into two men together or two women together in holy matrimony. So uh, step-parents, per se, is not in the Bible because Jesus said uh, when his mother and his brother came out to see him, he said, hey, who is my mother and who's my brother? And he he definitely showed at that time that parenting has nothing to do with being biological. So whoever is doing the will of his mother and brother is his mother and brother. Um, uh, the word step, however, uh, is identified by the world as really a step below the authentic or the step below the original. So what that brings on is a disrespect or a different kind of act or behavior towards that particular person. So I, I often uh, don't go to the uh, dictionary's version of words. Um, the, so the word love, the Bible describes, is the way God loves us or the way Jesus loved the church or Christ loved the church, and that's how we should love our wives. And um, so love is described to me is an unconditional emotion that regardless of what happens, you continue to do what you normally wouldn't under a different circumstance. Yeah, I believe that. So now I got this question for you. It's like, it also talks about some things in the Bible that a lot of people are going through today, and that's that word, adultery. And that's where your hate comes in. It's when somebody steps out of that marriage. Well, How can you love someone that has committed adultery? Cause well, God has, God has given... Oh, I'm sorry, Ken. Go ahead, brother. Go ahead. You good? Oh, um, adultery, however, is is I can like my my ex-wife. She committed adultery on me, right? I still love her as a person because she's going through some things right now. That you know, I got the children, I got the homes, I got the child support, I got a new wife, I got everything, and she regrets every day doing what she done to me. So adultery is a way out of when you're a Christian, okay? And God gives us a way out. And if you break the covenant, if a person break the covenant, he allows that person to leave the marriage. And the reason why he hates divorce so much is because he went through one himself. So he knows the feeling of a person that if a supreme being couldn't stand his bride cheating on him, a human being can't take it. So he allows us to exit the marriage at that point, and that's what the Bible says. So I was allowed at that point when she broke the covenant between us in our marriage to leave the relationship and been blessed every since. Well, now you're blessed, but at that point in time, was there hatred in your heart? Well, it was, well, an you, it was an unbelief in my heart that I think that was more so what it was. I, I hated the position. I couldn't believe at the time what was going on. 
um, it could it could drive you insane if you hate that much. You know, if you if you bring yourself to a point where you hate, then you you find yourself looking at CSI trying to figure out how to get rid of them. You know, it can bring you to a point of emotion that you can have a. That's where a lot of depression comes in, and nervous breakdowns, and all those things that you don't want, and and, and drugs, and all these other antidepressant or depression uh, uh, substances come in to try to leave the way or have the pain to go away, and you really don't want that. So you counter that by just saying, "I'm going to go through it. I'm going to love you, but I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to lay down and take this because I didn't do anything wrong." And, and you also, yeah, you also said something else too about and, and something that we missed earlier. Um, you know, we were talking about way earlier about you can't serve two masters, and you know, you love the one and hate the other. Someone was asking, you know, if that word hate was actually in the Bible, um, and it is in, in Matthew, mm-hmm. and we pointed that out. But like you just said, God hates divorce also. And and it does say hate, depending on the translation. Uh, in Malachi, it says mm-hmm. God hates divorce. Right. And, you know, we didn't point that out earlier, but I'm glad you brought it up, you know, in, in this segment um, because it's in there. Love right. and hate is in there. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about, like he gave a great definition of of love with God's unconditional love and love your wife like Jesus loved the church, what is the, the 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 Bible definition of hate, other than just giving references to what God hates? What's the Bible definition of hate, just like He gave the Bible definition of love? And I'm asking because I don't know. Well, the biblical definition of hate is is described in in, in situations. Um, God hated that man committed the sin. Because now he couldn't be in man's face anymore, so that caused him to curse curse man for a certain period of time. But so his emotion or, or what he had done, um, because sin, if he says he hates sin, then and he hates the liars and he hates the eat and he hates all these different types of actions. These are sinful actions. So if we look at how God hates. Uh, if you look at the Old Testament before Jesus came, these people used to pay for their sins at that time. Uh, they didn't have a covering like Jesus. They didn't have a, a scapegoat. So perhaps, uh, let's say uh, King David. He was the man before he slept with Bathsheba and killed her husband, right? But when he did that, after he slept with Bathsheba and killed her husband Uriah, God went into attacking the sin or retaliating against something that he hate, which was sin. So what he calls uh, King David, he said, I will slide a sword in your house. First, I'm going to kill your baby. And that's not it. I'm going to create havoc in your home throughout the rest of your generations. And that's exactly what he did. And then Moses, I mean, not Moses, I'm sorry, David then described in Psalms 32 how he envied the man who don't have to pay for his sins like he did. Because that hate from God or that him attacking or retaliating against the sin, that's worse than anything a person can imagine. And right now we can't imagine it because we didn't have to go through what those guys went through. 
because we got Jesus to to kind of bail us out a little bit. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Wow. Good words. But to your question, T. Hawk, um, I don't think the Bible's definition is 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 like our definition of hate. No. 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 But I mean, I mean, but his first definition, written document, is the Ten Commandments. Well, the Ten Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm just saying, he says it right there. He says, listen, don't do this. I hate it. And without saying I'm hating it, he, he, he emphasizes what he doesn't like. Right. And that's what the definition of hate is, is a dislike, a, a dislike of something. So I just think that it's different. I, I think that it's different biblically. And the reason why I'm saying that is because when we talk about, like, like somebody can say, I love my wife. But if she cheats on me, I'm leaving her. Then you don't love your wife. You see what I'm saying? I mean, I mean because because the I don't know why somebody sense, muted me. I'm not asleep this time. Well, I don't know. the The biblical sense is there's times when we have fallen short as well, but God still is unconditional. I'm not saying you don't love your wife, but it's not an unconditional love. But even though, like the brother said, you do have an out for Adultery in marriage So let's just say she did something else to make you upset That was enough that's a deal breaker And then now you're out of the marriage I would say that you never really loved your wife That's just my opinion So how can we How can we take the word hate Right And put it in the same text Like if somebody says well I hate XYZ But they don't really understand The word hate the way God says The way God says that hate really meant to him. Am I making sense? Yeah. What well, the 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 problem with with men and women, um, when when they say uh, this is a deal breaker, that's usually conflict. Okay. Sure. Now, if if you don't like a certain conflict, like you said, uh, the love, you have to really question whether you loved her or not, because it's some things that that a lot of women do and my wife included, um, that I just don't like. But I try to talk to her about it, and and, 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 and if it's in her to do it again, if she's just going to do it again, and i got to tell her again. And there's some things in me that she don't like me doing just because she just don't like me doing it. And, 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 and if it's habit... Try to 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 not do it to compromise with her, but it's never it never should be a deal breaker unless it's adultery. Now conflict is there to move a man, you know, or not to move a man, but to prove a man. I'm sorry. So conflict is there to prove you and not to move you. So if you have a a conflict with your wife, then that conflict should be should elevate you to a level, and because you're supposed to be getting greater and greater. Each and every day. So if you're not advancing each and every day, the only way you're going to advance is through trials, tests, and tribulations. You're not going to advance by sitting playing PlayStation. So, so why is it so hard for man? Why is it so difficult for man to love? Why is it? Because he doesn't know the meaning of love. Because he doesn't know the true meaning of love. If you don't know the true meaning of something, how can you perfect it? I don't know. 
If you don't know what's required of you, how can you perfect it? So what do you do? You're scared of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hello? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Here. That's not me. I mean this. <laughs> right. I'm trying to figure out which one it is. I think I got it. No, you didn't. All right. No, you didn't. Yeah. No, it's the one above, one above. There you go. All right, I'm good. Sorry about that, fellas. I had to hit everybody's mute to figure out who it was. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, what you're talking about, T Hawk, is um, that agape love. Yes. You know, that's something different. And. That's on a deeper level. And that just like you say, you gave the perfect example. Like, if somebody says that I love my wife, but if she cheat on me, then I'm, I'm gone. Yeah. That ain't that agape love. No. Because we, we cheat on God all the time. No, no, no. That's agape love. You just, if you say, if my wife cheat on me today, I know that I can't give her the love and the amount of love and attention that I was giving her beforehand. And God knows I can't give that to her because every time she put on lipstick to go to the store, <laughs> her are going to be jacked up. Or I'm going to question every time I lay down with her, was he better better than me or did he do it? I mean, it's, all, it's going to be always a competition in man's mind. And that's why he can't consume the idea of his wife another man entering her during the time that he had a covenant with her. So, yeah, but, you, that, but but that's you. It's, that's it's you. men that 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 can and have and have done it through the grace of God. Get get over that. No doubt. No well, doubt. no, 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 no doubt. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm not saying that all men are like this. I'm just saying the, God understands man, and that's why He offers an out. If He can't, if He can't handle it. Here's an out. And when I came up on that situation, I mean, I dealt with friends. Now, the friends that I, I was in the Navy, too, for 15 years. So always overseas, I've seen guys, you know, do other things. And when they come back home and they found out their wife did it, they was, they was like, well, uh, just because I didn't get caught, that doesn't mean I'm not guilty. So they felt they felt humble in what they were doing, and they said, you know what, since I did the wrong, even though she don't know about it, I'm still wrong to leave her just because I found out. So a man could have cheated on his wife, and that's the reason why he stayed, because he would be a hypocrite if he didn't. But in my case, I mean, I'm, and no man is perfect, but in my case, I didn't cheat because I thought we we had I, I thought of marriage to mean something more than breaking covenant. And when she broke the covenant, it kind of really ripped me because I could have been breaking the covenant the whole time when I was out on six month deployments. Okay. You see, so so it crushed me like it like some women. It crushed some women. I mean, I couldn't bring myself to love her the same, knowing that she did that to me. And and knowing that I sent her all my money, and knowing that I, you know, it, knowing a whole lot, it was a lot of variables in there to make me just like, oh, I can't do this, you know. Was was that hatred? Uh, when she told me she didn't love me no more and she wanted to be with another man, it, it evolved and it, it begins to evolve in, into hatred. Yes, it did. So so so, you said that God gives man an out. 
Right. right. But I also think that God gives you an out because of where you are in your walk. Right. And let me clean that up. Because some people, and again, I'm trying to wrap my head around this agape love. And I'm trying to wrap my head around it. And like I made the confession last last week that, you know, a month ago I was that guy that said, if she cheats on me, I'm out. And I'm trying not to be that guy. I'm trying to feel, you know, and, and again, we hope and pray that it never happens, and I don't see it coming. But I want to be the guy that's understanding to the point, and I want to sit down and entertain, well, what happened? What made you step out? You know what I'm saying? Instead of just throwing in a towel. But I just think that certain people have to be in a certain place to get there. And I think that, you, you know, where you were in that situation, your marriage was probably over with. That's what it sounds like. It sounds like it was over with when she tells you, "I don't want to be with you. I want to be with somebody else." So you had no other, you had no other alternative at that point. Well, I, I, I didn't think. I thought it was a uh, problem with distance. And as I continued to deploy, um, I read Ecclesiastes, and it was time for. I read that it was a time to be with family, and it was a time for different things. So that time um, that I was spending away in the military, I think that the frustration set in. And um, you know, uh, you know, when you start getting lonely, or when an individual starts getting lonely, they think that they need something in the place of that, and they go searching for it, and they find it. So, whatever you want to go looking for some sin, the devil will make sure it's there for you to get. So, I, I believe by the time I returned from my deployment, um, even though it didn't seem like it was any problems while I was gone, when I got back. It was like a whole bunch of stuff just start pouring out of her that didn't pour out of her before. So, and if I would have known that it was, <laughs> if I would have known that it was over while I was in Brazil, I would have had. <laughs> Not Brazil. <laughs> Not good. <laughs> it ain't so. Oh my goodness. Not Brazil. <laughs> I'd have turned right. I, look, I'd have turned around. And went right back. <laughs> This conversation is doing good, but I got another question for it before the panel. Um, so when we first got married, when you first got married, let's be honest. Did you marry for lust? Oh, yes, Or did sir. you marry for love? No, it was lust. I was young. I mean, it, it probably was different for different people. But, I, um, you know, once when people say to you, hey, um, that woman is not for you, they kind of push you towards her and not away from her. And then, you know, uh, all the other things that was added in, like um, you guys don't have a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out of. That's kind of like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get a window and a pot, and I'm going <laughs> to show you. So it turns into something else. And then, you know, and you know, being a virgin coming out of high school and messing with one girl, you blow your mind. You know, your mind is out there. So it turns into like a... Uh, it's not love at first. I, I believe people think that it is love when it's really infatuation, and just because you was the first and she was your first and all that other stuff, that's even more intriguing to be with this person because you guys got a unique situation when everybody around you is having sex. So it's like, okay, we're we're made to be together because we, we held out for each other. And then, you know, and as you grow into a marriage, then you start seeing things that you supposed to have seen, but you was too young to see them as a young boy. And I don't care what anybody say, a boy is still a 
boy, even though he's 19, 20, and 21, if he's not mature enough in his mind. Yes. So, um, but at that time, you know, for different people, um, I, I, I know for a fact that mine was uh, infatuation, uh, uh, think that I was going to, you know, I can have this every night type thing. Um, and it, and it, it, didn't, it wasn't like that after you get married, of course, but it's just the idea of just being with somebody, somebody coming home to you when you get um, back from one of these six-month deployments and, you know, coming home and being on the pier, you know, that that is a, like a, a fantasy type of thing for a sailor, you see. Now, 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 let me say this when I ask this question because I understand um, that there's a cause and effect for certain things. Now, do you think if you if you were to rewind it all and you say, okay, maybe if I chose a different, and not picking on your profession, believe me, we appreciate what you've done for the country. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is if you say, okay, maybe if I took a different path, mm. right, opposed to being deployed for six months and I stayed home and did something locally, Employment-wise, would do you think that your marriage would still be intact, or would you think that the, that maybe you just married the wrong person? Well, uh, we we never marry. I don't believe a person. If a man find a wife, he find a good thing. So it doesn't even matter if she came from a strip pole or not. If you find a wife according to the Bible, that is a good thing, and you turn her from what she was into what she is now. Um, sure. Yeah, she was a good thing. A good person, a good uh, a good thing, but what what happens? What I had to find out is, you know, whatever you put into that woman, that's what's going to come out of that woman. So if I am, if absence is what I put into her, my profession or not, then that's what I'm going to get when I come back. It's going to be absence from the children. Absence, or it's going to be kind of an independence that had to grow in her while I was away, and it has to kind of stay there because she has to brace herself to the next trip. You see what I'm saying, and make herself through that. So I don't know if I think because of Ecclesiastes, I never go against what the Bible says. So if Ecclesiastes say, you know, it's eight hours, it's 24 hours in a day. You got eight hours of sleep, a few hours of study, and a few minutes, you know, 10% of your day for uh, praise and worship, and uh, eight hours of working, and uh, um, being with your family is cut down into that time, or exercising is cut down. It's broken down for certain reasons. And if six months of that time is robbed because I'm completely gone, then, you know, I am not doing what I'm supposed to be doing as a man regardless of my career. I got you. I got that. I got that. But 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 away from away from that that union physically, what could you possibly do within within that 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 six month time where she's not there and she's trying to manage it on her own? She's holding these feelings in. She wants to be hugged. She wants to go out to the movie. She wants to do all these things. She's seeing her friends do it. She's seeing it on TV, but she's not getting it. So how strong? Because they are the weaker vessel now. How strong does she really have to be to say? And a lot of times they don't know. Like they'll get married and say, okay, I understand you're going to be away and I love you and I'll be here when you get back. But the reality hits them maybe after the second tour or the third tour and now they're like, oh, man, he's going again. 
Right. You know what I'm saying? How do we expect them to be that strong? We can't. And and that's the point. We we can't expect any woman to be that strong. If she fell in the garden, she's gonna fall while you're not there. She fell while Adam was not there. So if a man come along and she haven't had nobody touching her or saying sweet nothings to her except through letters for at least the last three, four, five months, then something is going to start tingling because she's still emotional and she's still human and she's still a, a woman that needs affection. So um, it, that's how tri- tricky and crafty the devil is. If he uh, uh, you know, approached Eve while Adam wasn't there, then he, I, if I would have understand that at that time, then I would have reconsidered, like, wait a minute, I need to, because I wasn't mature. I was like, hey, your dad was in the Army for 20 years. You should be used to this, right? Yeah, yeah, we, I'm used to it. Yeah, go, I love you, blah, 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 blah. And, and then I leave, and then the first tour, it was okay. Second tour, hey, okay. And that fourth or fifth or sixth year, she, she didn't tell me because she had told me that she would be okay. It'd be okay, so it was never an approach on that conversation again. So, but it so, but it didn't stop approaches from other people or other men. You know, it it didn't stop that. It didn't stop the enemy for. I mean, you know, the enemy attacks when we are at the most weakest. Like he didn't uh, he didn't get to Jesus until his fortieth day of not eating or drinking anything. So, if Jesus got hungry and was and the devil thought he could tempt him, you know. And a woman he definitely tempted, then he's going to definitely try to. He got the same tricks. So it was coming regardless of my career or not. If I wasn't there, she was going to get approached, period. But what about, but what about you, though? Did, did the devil tempt you while you was out? Oh, pr- I said I was in Brazil. <laughs> just checking, just checking. <laughs> hey, hey, bro, hey, hey, brothers, I, 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 no I got to go ahead. Brothers, I got a couple of couple of comments. Uh, I think it was a few minutes ago that somebody asked about uh, agape love and trying to get to that place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I just wanted to comment on that. I do I do a little bit of marriage counseling, and so um, you know one of the, one of the things I think will help us to kind of understand agape love is that when we're in a relationship, one author says it this way: He says that uh, each spouse realizes that he or she. Uh, has made a commitment to an imperfect person. Mm. <laughs> so mighty. Um, and, and I say that because when we talk about agape and we talk about unconditional love, you know, we go into the relationship knowing that this person is imperfect and that they're going to make mistakes. It's not that we're hoping. It's not that we're, uh, you know, going in with a perspective of gloom and doom, but we do go and understand that we're flawed, that we're finite, uh, that we that we are going to make mistakes, and I go in with a consciousness of that. And when I really truly have agape love, it, it, it does say, you know, there will be days that I don't like you, or I don't like the things you've done, uh, or the actions you you've taken, but I'm still in love with you. And I, and I think that goes across the board, even as it relates to adultery. And I don't and I don't disagree with my brother that. Uh, adultery is, in fact, a valid reason, you know, to exit the marriage, to dissolve the marriage. However, to the point of the brothers that were saying, hey, there's some guys and some women who have stayed and stuck it out, I think that those persons, uh, you know, kind of went in with a perspective saying, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm coming into this thing and I'm committed 
to loving or, 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 or giving myself to someone who's imperfect. Mm. And so, and I think that's really what helps us to kind of get a better grasp. Wow. Say it again. Yeah, go ahead. I just, I just think that will help us to get a better grasp on, you know, what agape, agape love is. Uh, the other piece is, is that you know we talk about the gentleman who, whose wife stepped out, you know, because of his absence or whatever. I want to just throw this out to, to everybody to kind of say that, you know, uh, one of the things I believe and I kind of teach is. Um, what you feed is what we'll leave. And and really and really the whole concept is is that, you know, if if we feed ourselves negativity, the negativity is gonna lead us. If we feed ourselves positive things, the positive things are gonna lead us. Um and as it relates to our spirituality, Christianity, whatever faith that you are, uh, you know, if you're feeding yourself uh with uh the tenets of your faith, uh the promises of your faith, then that's what's gonna lead you. And so, you know, as a Christian, you know, one of the things, there, there's a scripture out there that talks about uh, an unclean spirit, that when it goes out of a man, uh, it actually uh, goes through uh, trying to find or, or looking for what he calls, what the Bible calls dry places to find rest. And so as it relates to our spouses, uh, you know, who may have stepped out or, or reason to step out, the question I raise is, have we left left them uh, in a dry place where we haven't given or provided what they needed? Now, in fact, now please correct me if I'm wrong. I believe some of us, you know, depending on our situation, have given our spouses at least what we believe all that we need. But I'm curious to know that if we were to talk to the spouse to find out if there was a void, if there was an empty place that wasn't being filled, whether that be absence, whether that be affection, whether that be affirmation, you know, whether that be, you know, the physical touch, you know, having you there for the six months. It could be a lot of things. But I'm curious to know if uh, the enemy's deception, uh, whether it be lust or whatever that leads them astray, is the result of a dry place, whether it be mm-hmm. in their heart, in their emotions or whatever. So just, just to, I think that's a rhetorical, not necessarily asking for a response, but if y'all got one, I'm, I'm open. Yeah, 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 and that's good. And, you know, and I'm glad you said that, and it's not – it's not only the being deployed for six months because um, he could have given being deployed. You could have actually by, by calls and by letters and love letters and all those, those Skype, um, Skype or whatever it is. You could have given given your wife more one-on-one than some brothers that's actually living in the house with them every night. Absolutely. You see what I'm saying? So there's women that are actually living in the house with their husband that are in a constant dry spot. Right, 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 right. You see what I'm saying? That's making them want to stray. Right, right. brother. I mean, men as well. I mean, there's this dry place, man. There's this this emptiness, this void. Um, And, you know, if if there is no dialogue to find out what that is, you know, it it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, you know, lights, camera, action in the bedroom, you know, all of the time. I mean, it sure could be that, you know, could be that, you know, bedroom has been dry for years, you know, who knows. But, I mean, it, I think there's other factors there that will cause us to stray, you know. Sometimes, and I'll be honest, I mean, you know, you, you hear about, you know, these powerful men, powerful women, and they step out with their mate. They step out, you know, with the gardener. And it's like, you know, you're thinking in your mind, like, okay, their spouse, 
obviously six-figure income, seven-figure income, whatever, prestige, power, whatever, something something calls that individual to step out and be with someone, quote-unquote, of a lower status, like the maid, like the pool man or the gardener. And you're like, well, what, what, what was there? And I'm curious to know, was the drive place the fact that she didn't respect it? It wasn't that she wasn't a, 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 a lioness in the bedroom. She might have just not respected this brother at all. At all. Wow. And that was his, and that was his dry place that said, you know what, the maid respects me. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you got brothers that quote unquote live in elite communities, you know, single family homes, love you know, love their children, but they got a they got a they got a mistress who lives in the projects. Mm. <laughs> and I'm and I'm curious to know, does she respect it? Does she does she honor it? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and so. I'll leave y'all with this example, and that is, you know, some men would rather walk their dogs than spend 15 minutes in conversation with their wives. And a lot of people would, would ask the question, well, why is that? Can I suggest tonight that the dog respects you? Mm. Lord have mercy. Unconditionally. Unconditionally. I got to I got to bring this question up from the chat room. Um so I'm going to hold my question. I got some more questions, but one of the uh questions that came from one of the gentlemen in the chat room is that he's a widower, a widower. And he want to know if uh he should begin to start looking for a spouse to remarry. Why not? That's yeah, what I not? said. Why not? Go for it. Yeah. I, w- I would I would say uh, or at least rate you know say say this as a caution and that is I'm not sure how long he's been a widower but I would say you know in my experience um, that I wouldn't I wouldn't rush out there too fast if he hasn't spent some time to reflect um, and, and and consider consider the cost you know I mean you know he may just want to play the field and that's fine but if he's looking for a wife. I would say spend some time reflecting and consider the cost. Yeah, 2009. Yeah, that's that's way longer. I mean, you know. <laughs> you said 2009? You want to yeah. offer? No, this, this is Darren. Uh, if, if you want to, again, I go by the Bible, what it is a good, uh, a comfortable morning period. And God says it's a good, comfortable morning period of 30 days. Uh, he describes that after Moses died and and they mourned. Thirty before. days. Thirty Say again? days. Thirty days. No, no. I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. The reason why I say that is because um, a wife is different, of course. But the reason why I say that is because even a job recognized they they give you. Uh, a morning period. If something happens, they give you the, the same period, and they don't even realize they're going off the, the a biblical principle. But they give you thirty days of mourning, which they pay you. And if you need more time, um, then you will you can take as much time as you want to, but it will be unpaid leave. So, if we want to go by the biblical. Point because if let's say if he's a widower and he has three or four kids by this woman, well, how long do you think those kids are gonna go with their dad? Continue to drag his feet, sleeping all day, and 
not, you know, uh, interacting with them. So you have to look at, you got to take that time and look at that very seriously. Now, another woman, perhaps not just after 30 days, but, you know, suffice a mourning period, it is three days. Yeah, well, uh, his name is Mr. Elder, and he says that he's saved, and so it's, 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 he's just becoming off the fact of, of mourning his wife, so he's now at the, at the desire of looking for someone else. His his problem is is that uh, because he's saved, he's not trying to go out there and and you know play the field, you know throw the fishing rod out there and see what he catches a couple of times. Is there a way for a saved man who is let go of his marriage because of death, so he has done nothing wrong, he's done his job as as a married man. Uh, is there a way that he can find find love? Absolutely, absolutely. I don't, think, I don't think, I don't think being saved, to, being saved. That, that, that's what yeah, I'm asking. Find I another mean, you, godly woman. Absolutely. I think it's. I think it's when we say going out there. And again, I don't, I don't know what his definition is, but if, but if he's talking about. Um, you know, not necessarily going to the club. Not, I mean, you know, not going. He's he, he talking about hitting 18 holes like Tiger Woods. Got it. And so, and he, you know, if he's saying he, he doesn't want to do that, I mean, I think it's, I think there's a lot of women, um, single women, uh, possibly, you know, that he, I mean, and again, I'm not, let me caution as this is a disclaimer. He could meet someone in his local church, not saying that the church is a hookup station, but I'm saying that let's be, let's be honest. I mean, you're working alongside someone in the church, if we rub elbows or bump elbows while we're working together, I'm going to realize and notice because I'm a man that your elbow is not as rough as mine. Mm. And so I'm saying that he could meet someone at church. I mean, you can meet, you could, you could meet somebody at the Target and develop a relationship. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, so it doesn't necessarily have to be him doing the Tiger Woods. Um, but my, my caution, again, and I recommend to all couples, I mean, you know, because he's been married before, he has a frame of reference that is that that is of a married man, okay? And so we, we I would caution him to say be careful because obviously going back out into the dating courting scene, um, that because we're kind of in this routine or that has been our routine for X number of years, you know, when you get into a relationship, you know, we don't want to revert right back in and jump into another marital situation quicker than we ought to. That's what I would caution. Because, again, frame of reference is I'm, I used to be married, so whatever that marriage entails, you know, breakfast every morning, dinner every night, you know, sometimes we're looking to get right back into that same routine because that's our frame of reference. And I would caution to say be careful because that might be an unrealistic expectation going back into the field. Okay, here's his follow-up. He says, I want to be married again, but kind of holding back because of having to let someone back into his life, you know, letting that guard down. Not sure about it yet. Well, if he's if he's not sure about it, then he shouldn't he shouldn't move. Um, but like the gentleman said, he, uh, if he is a, a godly man, then he needs to look for a Proverbs 31 woman. And if he doesn't find that woman, if he finds something other than that, because that's as close to perfect as you're going to get as far as a woman is concerned. Now, what he's going to find himself 
himself often doing is comparing that woman to his ex a lot. You know, um, yeah. So if he's not ready to say, okay, my 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 uh, deceased wife is deceased and it's never going to be no one to to replace her, if he can get past that. Then I'm quite sure he can he'll be okay because now you got to go off the eighty twenty rule. It, it just might be another twenty uh, percent somewhere in another era where his wife wasn't uh, that he will find in another woman. Like his wife probably cook and and clean, but he might get another woman that's that twenty percent errors in bathing or, or cooking or you know something that his wife was good at doing. But he can't. He got to be real careful to not compare the two. Or he's going to make her seem like she's still uh, living or chasing behind a lost love that that that, that she can't do something impossible. And, this, and, I, and I would add to that to say that it's an unrealistic expectation on a and I'm using this term paint with a broad stroke on a potential candidate. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, for a relationship. I mean, it's, it's an unrealistic expectation. And if he goes in with that, he may be disappointed. And again. I think there's too much pressure to put on someone who, again, may be coming in wanting to uh, get into this whole unconditional piece, uh, you know, as a a relationship. Wow. Words. Good words. That is great words. Great words. So, So, fellas, I got, you know, this is my last question of the night because, um, I think this will sum it up. Do we, man and woman, love the same? Do we love the same in our marriage? Or or, or is it just totally different love that just combines to a bigger? What do you mean by love the same? What do you mean? Do we enjoy each other the same? Do we love each other the same? Are no. we at the same level of love? No. I mean, do it, we care? I, well, I'll say yes and no. Because it depends on how you receive love. And everybody don't receive love the same way. Some couples do. You know, it all goes back to what we talk about many times is the love language is, you know, it's, it's all about how you receive love. And a lot of times we give love how we receive love, and that sometimes, or excuse me, a lot of times is a mistake. But we have to find out what gets our wife's goat same way that she has to find out about, you know, what what gets our motor running. And it's not, I mean, it's not the same, you know, for both people. One person may love to go to the movies. The other person may just be like a tag-along to the movies. Just all right, you know, you want to go see the every latest movie that come out, they want to go see it, and one of them just like, okay, you know, they're not as excited. Whereas one might like go bun- to, to go bungee jumping. I mean, it's it's just totally, you know, just doing something risky. I mean, it, with the with the spouse, it's something that turns them on. You just never know. You have to, you know, as, as um someone says, you have to communicate, you know, to find out what it is that you know, gets gets the juices flowing. So in some cases, to answer your question, do we all love the same as man and woman? In some cases, yes. In a lot of cases, no. Well, uh, more yes. no, right? 
Well, I, more notes, okay. I think. Go ahead. I believe, um, this is Darren again. I, I often, like I said, um, I turn to the Bible as as far as a key point of of a, of a base, a home plate, if you will. And um, and a lot of, I asked this question in my own book. Um, my, my wife and I got into a discussion um, about, I asked her a question. I asked her, um, is it your job to love me unconditionally? And I said, do you think it's possible for you to love me unconditionally? And, you know, of course, the wife, the superwoman wife, she's like, yes, it's my job. I'll step in front of a bullet for you and yada, 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 yada. But what does God requires us to do? So uh, the Bible says, wives, submit to your husbands in reverence to God. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. So the love is automatically a lot greater than a submission because even though the church was doing Christ dirty, he died for her still and willing to go to bat for her still, no matter what she was doing. Uh, He was willing to go to bat for her. So my wife got upset with me a little bit. Um, well, it caused a, it was a controversial topic at church. Um, it, though a lot of a lot of women was like, uh, "Yeah, I can love him more than he can love me," but it's not your job to. Uh, if that was the case, then you would be the man, and 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 I would be it, we would be in role reversal. But it's my job. God look at me as the head of the house, and He looks at me to overlook whatever she's done. Uh, she have done. Uh, as far as um, you know, acting or reacting out of her emotions, he looked at me to be the the head and to seal it with my love in the home to try to drive all that all that emotional stuff out of here. So it's not if she loved me more than I love her or vice versa. It, I believe that it's whatever God tells us we have to do. So if you get into a, a relationship with a woman that that you can't love her more than you then you're automatically uh, inverted. Uh, so I, uh, I often tell my wife, look, stay in your lane, and I'm going to stay in my lane, and we're going to be happy. Because if a bullet comes flying, don't jump in front of it for me. That's my job to do for you. Mm. There it is. Bam. Good words. Rounds the, he rounds the bases. Round the bases and slides in the home. I ain't even going to say nothing after that. You don't need to. Open mic, I don't need to. Because I want to talk to you, bro. Yeah. Listen. Shut it off. I, I, I just want to say, for once, this is their first time we want to thank you. Because not only you you were able to speak greatly and articulate and, and you had fun on the call, this is our 200th call. We've been on this call five years, having missed a Tuesday. And... For us, this to be our 200 call, it is one of the most amazing calls I believe we've ever had, a bicentennial. And that's the way to end it. And with that said, we're going to be back next Tuesday. If you want to go and and research us, our website is www.householdstress.com. You also on Mondays are on Internet uh, uh, radio at uh, is it listenvision.com? Go to listenvision.com. So anytime you want to hear it, that would be great. It is time for open mic. I'm ending the call.
Hey, hold on, Pete. Pete. Yeah. Uh, hold on one second, man. You know, you know how we like to um, support one another. Hey, um, hey, Darren, you still there? Yes, sir. T- tell us a little bit about your book, man. So, so, so we can pass the word around and. Uh, uh, well, well, it's called uh, How to Stay Married for 100 Years, and uh, at least 100 years. It can be Googled, Googled and downloaded for like under $4. Uh, I'm supposed to meet T-Hawk this Thursday, I think, Pastor James Turner. You know who I'm, who I'm talking to, who I'm talking about, T? Yeah, I'm pretty sure we can find him. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're actually talking to T-Hawk. Oh, okay, yeah, so... Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fine, that's fine, that's fine, yeah. And, yeah, he told me about you too, man, and and, and, and thank you for blessing our call this evening. That's why I wanted to give you a shout-out, man, on your book, you know what I mean? Because, you know, um, this is going to be recorded at some... At, well, this is recorded. Sometimes it's going to be played live on the, on the radio to 100,000 people, so I want them to know about what you do, man, for marriage. Okay, yeah, we're marriage counselors. I mean, my wife and I are not marriage counselors, but we had the marriage ministry. We over the marriage ministry at Easter Bethel Christian Center, and uh, in Alcatraz. And this book sparked um, as uh, like a lot of the topics that we're talking about now. Uh, a great friend of mine, he had to get it out. Uh, he he thought that it was an out to divorce his wife in the Bible, and he found a passage. Is if the unbeliever wants to leave, then let her leave or let him leave. And I said, that can't be right. So when we researched the scripture and we found more insight and um, it was at his ideas and views was actually skewed because the word said it was Paul writing to, I think, Corinthian. And he was saying, uh, the Lord says, you know, whatever he said, the Lord said. And then he turned around and said, but I say. Uh, if you if the unbeliever wants to leave, then let him leave. So that was Paul's opinion about the situation because Paul was trying to start up a church in Romans, uh, uh, Corinth, uh, Philippi, and Ephesia, and he was trying to start up churches. He didn't have time for you know people having problems with their spouses. So he was trying to get around. He was just trying to get to the meat, and that's what I was telling my friend. So that book came from. That idea of him misinterpreting, uh, misinterpreting the scripture, and and I ask God on daily occasions to give me revelation. He really downloaded this from heaven to me in the middle of the night sometimes, and giving me insight on different all the couples in the Bible that has problems like we have today. So um, it's a real good. Um, I believe it's a real good book because no one I, I, I searched the uh, internet. You wrote it. You gotta believe it's a good book. You wrote it, man. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. And look, and look, we applaud you, man. We definitely want to keep you um, around, man. We definitely, you know, enjoyed you coming on and enjoyed your, your words. Right now, we're getting ready to flip it over to what we call open mic. Okay. And, and uh, P-Town will give you the ground rules on that. Go ahead, P-Town. All right, let me fire. Let me end this call. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.